Sovereign Tech is brought to you by CryptoCompare.com. If you want to keep up with the latest prices, you want to keep up with Zcash, you want to keep up with Bitcoin, you want to keep up with all of it, you want to go to CryptoCompare.com. All the latest reviews, latest trends, and the latest prices, and for getting social in crypto, you want to go to CryptoCompare.com, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Woo! Woo! That's right! You are listening to what is happening in tech and science news today, baby. Woo! It is Sovereign Tech, and I am, woo, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, here for you, baby. But I, oh, 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 (laughs) this is exciting. I am not alone. And if you'll excuse me, I'm actually going to have a seat because I cannot stand for all this. Woo! I am joined by... Two people this week, actually. This is a rarity in uh, in Sovereign Tech. It's happened before. We have the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, of course. Wow. <laughs> Hi. Cat sounds. I think that... You dress me up in a cat suit in your pictures, I, in your show show art. <laughs> I do that, but I... Uh, well, I won't, I, won't, I won't go into that story. But <laughs> And, of course, I am joined by one of just my favorite people on planet Earth, without a doubt. And, actually, the as many people know her on Sovereign Tech as the amazing Pixel... I am joined by Paige Peterson. Wow. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Hello. Yes, I love it. All in studio. It's a great time. Uh, and of course, um, well, anyway, <laughs> we're going to make this a good one. So we've got, I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about. Uh, I mean, this is just a group of people that, I mean, we, we could talk about anything. Um, and, and we I already could, have been. Yeah, we already night. have been. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. You know, I, I want to get into, because Paige, recently you've been working, uh, or you now work for Zcash, which yeah. uh, is a project that I've been very excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there, there's just, you know, we could let this ride wherever. And so I want to let people know this, there's no segments in this episode. It's just going to be totally free for all, free form. We're just going to go for two hours and woo, have a good time. Woo. Yeah, there it is. They've got a good woo. Go, go ahead, Stephanie. Give us a woo. Woo. Yeah, all right. You're, you're, you're getting really good at that. <laughs> I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Paige, let's just ask you right out. How the hell are you doing? I'm doing super awesome, especially now that I'm in New Hampshire. Yeah, you're living here now. Now, I mean, that that itself is exciting, yes. so, which is great, because before you were in, of course, San Francisco, yeah. you're, you know, you're in the California, the Silicon Valley area, blah, yep. blah, blah. Uh, so what's your experience so far being in New Hampshire? You've been here, what, uh, almost a year, a few months? I moved out of California earlier this year, Okay. Um, uh, but technically moved to New Hampshire just in September. Um, oh, okay. So it's only, yeah, yeah gotcha, gotcha. New right. Hampshire residents in September. Uh, right. But it's great. I love I love non big city life. To be honest, like I've been doing the big city life for uh-huh. the past ten years or so, and um, I feel great. Just like having a small town. I mean, I still appreciate you know the coffee shops and small things that you get go, being in a city. But that right. doesn't that's not restricted to big cities. So yeah, it's great, and it's you know more quiet. It's just a lot more my speed. Yeah, sure. No, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I know Stephanie can too. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just the, the city. I mean, I grew up in New York City. I, I get it, you know, but like it, it always feels a little grating. I can handle it in small doses. Yeah. But, and I mean, and there's something to be said for living in the city. Like there's a certain, 
you can kind of disappear in the crowd. Like there's a degree of anonymity that you can appreciate when you live in the city. So, I mean, there's advantages, disadvantages, but boy, you know, just living out in the country or or not even the country, maybe a little more suburbia or just something, a smaller city, whatever. I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that like, it's easier to disappear in a city because there's so many cameras everywhere that Ah. like maybe it's moot at that point because you are walking past so many stores and they all have their security cameras. Yeah. That, I mean, and and this is something I know I've talked about on sovereign tech uh, in an area where you were living nearby Oakland. Um, Like, I mean, they, they set up like a, you know, effectively a domain awareness center. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just cameras fucking everywhere. Might as well be London. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's, that's kind of their, their model. That's the idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And did you see that? um, There's like a video being passed around this week of a guy who stole like a bucket of gold flakes out of a truck, the back of a truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, like a million some odd dollars worth of gold he he just grabbed out of a Loomis. And like... You could like you saw exactly where he was going. I think he got away because at the time no one noticed. Yeah. But like you could see his face, and like therefore he's like being looked for. Right. But I think all of those video feeds are just from like shops or like you know city cameras. So like you know you can't really hide that well. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting point actually. That now with yeah, with I all the like cameras, yeah, with all the cameras in the city, that even that ability to be kind of you know to disappear in the crowd, you actually can't. And a lot of places and cities, um, it's it's becoming illegal to like wear hoods and like masks and things yeah. like that. So yeah, that's problematic. I know there, there's some interesting, and it's it's actually amazing, like how how the simple solutions or well at least temporary solutions perhaps that people come up with for this sort of thing. Uh, like there's there's 3D printed or not even 3D printed. I think you just print out like these paper glasses effectively that you could put on that would thwart, you know, facial mm, recognition software. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know there's companies in Japan that are releasing a bunch of different uh, camera or not cameras, um, like more sunglasses with a little more substance that can kind of do the same thing. But yeah. I mean, you know, how long does all this stuff work for? I mean, you got people shaving their eyebrows and weird yeah, ways to throw I've all this stuff the, off. Like the makeup tutorials for right. like painting your face. Look, I mean, you look really weird, but I, apparently it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of an arms race, you know, and, and sure, I, yeah. and I get it. Uh, I really like, it's sad that we're kind of getting on a side tangent here, but it, I expect that will be, That'll happen a lot. In the yeah. Show. <laughs> yeah. But it's it said that the failure rate of of biometrics in general, you know, including facial recognition, which I think would be a part of biometrics, you know, in a way, um, the the failure rate should be should just be brought up by every lawyer in court. Not that we should have to go to court, but, you know, should should be brought up and that should just toss any any kind of, you know, system like that right out of the door. Uh, in my opinion, that's what should happen. Yeah. Do you like what is do you know the failure rate? I'm not. Like, I don't know. Like modern. I, yeah. I don't know. Like like up to date numbers. But yeah. at least in the past three years, um, I know I've reported on it. And I mean, it's, it's well, bad. like I remember you talking about it with the fingerprint readers in particular. Yeah, that's only those, one type of biometrics. But those right. are notoriously bad. Right. I mean, but the facial recognition software does have its issues. I mean, I think in my opinion, oh. that's exactly why you get a lot of these um, like free photo upload services for phones and for yeah. whatever else like you know i mean 
Google Photos, Apple Photos, or iPhoto. Scan whatever. everyone's faces. Well, right. I mean, yeah. like they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're putting this into machine learning to be able to organize your photos better. It's like, oh well, I'm glad my photos. You know, you organize them nicely for me. Who else are you organizing that shit yeah, for? Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, I mean, and they've talked about that. Like they've almost they've they've been kind of. Uh, I think it was at the ten four event this year for for uh, AlphaGook. They talked about how oh look at our machine learning now with photos we can recognize not just that there's a train in the picture now we know the color we know this we know this and it's like and then everybody's cheering i'm like what the fuck are you cheering about it's like this means like you know what else could they use that for right but of course nobody ever thinks of that or at least too few people uh you know unfortunately think about that so but that's a great point about the city because i would not i would have stuck with myself the kind of the the anonymity that's available you know sort of narrative yeah city but yeah, that's really privacy and numbers is definitely like a, a point to consider. But I think like the surveillance stuff kind of just cancels all of that out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that completely. So, you yeah. know, all right. So before we get into Zcash, it's actually a great segue into, into Zcash because sure. privacy is at the heart of that. Yep. Um, and when we talk about Zcash, I think, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll stick to a lot of the, the more technical aspects and yep. maybe what the future holds and yep. all this. Um, but, you know, on the privacy, I mean, how do you. How do you feel, Paige? And actually, Stephanie, I want to hear from you, too, on this. Like, how do you feel about kind of the I don't like to use these sorts of catchy terms, but like the war on privacy. I mean, you know, do do we still have some degree of privacy or like can we even achieve it? Can we through various uses of technology, whatever? Uh, like, how do you think that's going? Are are, are people going to lose their privacy completely? Do you think in the far future? Are we on the losing side right now? Or is there a chance that that we can, you know, get privacy back? In the abstract, I'm. I guess I'm. Uh, I'm hopeful, but I'm not like banking on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just like the very like even just going back to the photo scanning tools and like the fact that I'm probably on Facebook a million times, even though I don't have an account, and my, I'm probably I tagged a million times, and like <laughs> yeah. so, it's just like I. I don't see, I don't know how something like those tools would be fixed to prevent surveillance and like lack of privacy. But I think there's also just a huge push from a growing push from various communities and societies around protecting privacy, especially the more, um, you know, the more the more bigoted America becomes and like, (laughs) just like, just, you know, the more, the more afraid people feel about other people around them. Well, Um, I think there's something to what you're saying because signal use has gone up 400%. Honestly, just in November. Yeah. I I mean, and, and we all know why that is. We don't have to mention the name, but (laughs) (laughs) that'll be the test of the episode. Let's not say the name or at least for me, that'll be a test. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll try not to say the name. I like that. Uh, So, but, but yeah, so I I think you're right that people are becoming far more conscious about this sort of thing. Um, You know, you don't want a, uh, you don't want a, dis- a disaster to happen. I'm not saying a disaster necessarily happened, but just for, you know, for abstract terms, you don't want a disaster to happen to convince people to do this stuff. You'd want them to be on board with it, you know, in the first place, you know, ahead of time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. There is kind of a push going on. Now, I mean, Stephanie, what do you think? Like, I mean, how do you feel about the the war on privacy? Like, do you think that 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 the privacy advocates are winning or they have a chance? Uh, and or what do you see the future? Um, I see the 
optic like erosion of privacy as like a glacier that's moving forward and maybe not even at a glacier pace maybe it's like faster than a glacier but it's just this big thing it's like a cultural force there are kids growing up who just don't even know what it's like to have privacy Mm. to live in a world where there aren't cameras everywhere and there aren't social media and there aren't like just every device is recording you potentially and the devices are literally in everyone's pockets and everyone's hands and every wall and every building and every corner. So, yeah, and they don't know what it's like to go to the airport and not have to, like... Um, get patted down. Yeah, and, like, to close. have an x-ray of, like, your entire body and, yeah. you know, like, get potentially groped by TSA agents. So, like, I think when that's happening, the battle is already lost, I guess, because it's a cultural thing. And and people don't want privacy. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I tell this story a lot on the show, but when I was a kid, my mom would always say, like, well, don't give out your address. Don't give out your information. Like, you know, you'll we would go to a store and they'd say, mm-hmm. oh, do you want to sign up for our circular, a mailing list? And, you know, you can get coupons. And she, like, even with the coupons, she wouldn't be fooled. She'd say, like, no, don't give out your personal information because they'll just spam you. Yeah. And they'll, may, they might try to scam you. And, like, she was totally right. That's exactly what happens. Right. So I grew up with like cautions about those things, but people who are younger than us, you know, they didn't have as many cautions. Maybe they they got exposed to the internet, so they had to sort of develop a a shield a little bit and and try to like get their privacy. But most people, I think, they think they have nothing to hide. They think like, oh, well, who'd be interested in me? I'm just like Joe Schmo, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's, I'm not a target, you know? So they just don't care. Yeah. Um, nude pictures, like everybody has nudes, you know. Sure. Um, I I don't know. Um, call me old fashioned, but I still feel weird about like you know sexting people pictures, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it, on a cultural front, we're definitely losing the battle for privacy. If there, do you if, think if it's a battle? You do know. you think it can be won though by the privacy advocates? Like, do you think there's a chance? Um, no, I think they will always be in the minority. Uh-huh. Mm. I, I think they will, like, yeah, there might be little pockets where you can kind of take back little pieces of privacy, but it is literally impossible, or you'd have to disrupt your life so much. Like, if you want to go out anywhere in public and avoid facial recognition, you have to, like, shave your eyebrows and, like, wear, like, one contact lens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that changes your eye color and, like, All fuck up tricks. your face. Yeah. And you, like it's just kind of impossible. Like it's, it's so disruptive to your life to have complete privacy. You can get privacy in little areas. You can use encrypted messaging and email and stuff, mm-hmm. but even PGP is like a pain in the ass. Like I barely use it anymore. Sure. Cause it's just, it's just hard, you know? <laughs> well, it's gotten easier, but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It, it has gotten easier, but like not many people use it. Even right. the people I'm friends with who probably should care about this stuff and do care about it, but not enough to use PGP all the time. Well, you know what I mean? It's still kind of inconvenient. You're right. It's still yeah. kind of inconvenient. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's, and it's always it's pretty like, inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the more, like, I think maybe the last encrypted email I sent was to you with PGP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. We passed the Bechdel test on the show. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then encrypted emailing. That's going to be the Murphy test. Test. The Murphy test. Do, Do two s- women encrypted email each other about something other than a man? <laughs> <laughs> um, <Love it. laughs> um, yeah, so I just generally, I have a pretty like, I don't know if it's a cynical view, but I think most people don't care about privacy. And so therefore, it's not going to be a priority for people to preserve their privacy. 
Um, and then the people who do care about it, they care about it to different degrees. And most people aren't like so paranoid about it that they're willing to like move to a remote area and shave their eyebrows and shit like that. Right. Yeah. I did. Did you have anything you wanted to say to that page or? Yeah. I mean, I guess just like going off of that, even just like having a cell phone, right? Like, oh, it's a block of sensors. Yeah. So people are like, even most people don't even realize how many sensors are on it. Like, they don't even realize that the towers are tracking exactly where you are. Yeah. Like, so there's like, I used to, you know, and I still kind of do this just to like, maybe at least like not give Google all of my information, but like instead of search, like if I'm searching directions to someplace, like Mm -hmm. start from like a nearby business instead of my house or my friend's house or something like that. So make it a nearby destination. But like, even with that, sure, you're not like giving Google the exact data, but you're still, your phone's with you and therefore your cell phone company. Yeah, still exactly telling you where everything. You're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, Stephanie, like, I definitely, uh, you know, I really appreciate that point. I think it's something that's, as far as like the the up and coming generation, as far as them not caring about privacy, I think that we're we're at the point where we're going to see whether or not I think that whether or not that's true, um, because I I sort of feel like Snapchat was a response to. I mean, even though it doesn't really give you privacy, like I don't think anybody actually believes they delete those pictures in 24 hours, uh, you know, from their I mean, own servers. No, I think people are, are wise to that. But like, what can you do? There's just not that many options. There's not right. There, there aren't many other options. But I, I, I've felt like that the reason it's so popular is because, you know, teens and whatever else, like they, they do want privacy for whatever reason that happens to be. However, with ever since the company changed their name to Snap and now they have those Snap uh, glasses uh, or Maybe oh, I, I forget the name of it. Snap I, I talked about it on Sovereign Tech a, a, a little while ago, but uh, th- they have maybe it's Snap Shades or something, whatever they ended up calling the things. But they're they're these glasses that they're you sunglasses. Like specs or- oh, specs. That's yeah. it. Yes, it's yeah. specs. Thank you. Yeah. So specs. So they they're glasses with a little camera on them. That that's what they are, and they constantly they can take video or they can take pictures, whatever. Um, if those end up, and it doesn't actually look like they're popular. Like, it seems what happens is, is that nobody's really bought them. They've just had like these drop points and a bunch of people have gotten their hands on them because nobody. So point being is that if teens jump on with specs, then I'm going to say, okay, no, the whole Snapchat thing had nothing to do with teens wanting privacy. Uh, or at least they're not really conscious of what was going down or of what's going down. I think Snapchat's just a new thing that your parents don't know about. So that's why they like yeah, it. Well, yeah, well, right. That's why Facebook became big is because parents weren't on it originally. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see. I think that remains to be seen what this, you know, what the up and coming generation what the millennials. Well, even though everybody here is a millennial, um, you know, what they what they think about, you know, privacy in general and all that. But. Yeah, I mean, my take is, is I, I think it's, I, I agree with you, Paige, where I think we could, you know, there's a chance that privacy advocates could win, or at least the option will exist. But yeah, it's not looking too hopeful. <laughs> it's really not looking too good on those sorts of things. But I'll tell you, one of the hopeful things, and I want to get into this now, one of the hopeful things that's out there, uh, and and I told people, I said, regardless of how you feel about this, Just be excited that zero knowledge proofs is a real deal. It's in existence today. And that's exciting. Uh, Zcash. Okay. I mean, this is the thing. It is out there. Woo. Yeah, that is worth a woo. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Paige, if now I know that this is a challenge for anyone, including the people at at Zcash. But if you could, 
you know, kind of kind of briefly, maybe 40 foot view. What is Zcash? I mean, I've talked about it on the show before, but yeah. I think it'd be great to hear from you. Of course. Um, so Zcash is a, a fork of Bitcoin. It's its own blockchain and it implements uh, a security layer using zero knowledge proofs, which allow you to verify transaction data that is encrypted without revealing that data. So you can essentially verify that there's truth behind the encrypted data without um, it needing to be public or to be even just revealed to the person verifying it. Mm-hmm. So um, it essentially it acts exact it can act exactly like Bitcoin. Um, it, we have addresses which act exactly how Bitcoin does in right. a public way. So you can send um, you can send Zcash between two of these, we call them transparent addresses, and it acts and behaves exactly like Bitcoin. But where the privacy side comes in is these other types of addresses called shielded addresses, which um, the address itself is not revealed on the blockchain, nor is the value held by the balance held by the um, the address revealed. Okay, so but a, but a transaction is just kind of like uh, ethereally recorded. Like I mean, like like yes. you know a transaction happened, yes. but you have no information about about that transaction. Exactly. Okay. So. Um, especially if you're sending between two shielded addresses, so you can send in between these transparent and shielded addresses. Um, but if you're sending just in between shielded addresses, there's no record of of that transaction actually happening except for the people that did the transaction. Oh, like they have okay. a transaction ID that they can look up on a block explorer and see like there it this va- like some value went from some address to another address and it doesn't reveal anything but even like even without if you didn't know that transaction happened you wouldn't be able to like find that transaction in the first place like you can't link any anything any transactions as long as they're shielded you can't link them in in zcash so that's one of the biggest benefits is removing the linkability that bitcoin has like you can right. trace um you can trace money all the way back to you know the coinbase like where it started if you really wanted to so um the biggest benefit is kind of breaking those links and um you know even if you had transparent addresses for one reason or another um or like maybe your friend was only using a transparent address as long as you have a shielded address somewhere in that chain like that transaction chain you break the link of like that uh zcash being traced back to its earliest history okay so well let's side tangent here a bit and then we'll 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 circle back on zcash because i think that like the coinbase situation actually that just occurred recently is an interesting one um well, for two, first off, I'll say this, and we'll get into the Coinbase bit. But one of the things that's been going on with Bitcoin, where a lot of money has been spent in the blockchain space, and I don't think people realized it, and they probably went to some kind of you know blockchain conference of some kind, and they didn't even notice that some of the you know uh, uh, the vendor, not the vendors, but whoever the people out on the vending floor, you name it, you know all these companies that are schlepping around their you know their cards and everything, what they were really doing there, and that is, is there's a huge business around de-anonymizing Bitcoin, like in, in companies that their sole purpose is tracing 
all of these interactions. Yeah, all analytics, exactly. Um, And I mean, this is a booming, booming business. Off the top of my head, I can think of three companies and they are huge, you know, that 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 are or at least they're they're getting a lot of money, I should say, um, you know, to to get into this. And obviously, you know, there's various bodies that would be interested in that for whatever reason. Um, So that's a thing, you know, that that's that's a very real thing. And personally, I see that as as kind of a flaw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just in my own opinion, I like I, I see that as a flaw because, uh, you know, it's one of the things I've talked about with Zcash where I love the fact that they went because originally it was zero coin, you know, based yep. off of Matthew Green's uh, paper from mm-hmm. what is it, 2013, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I loved that they used the term cash because when I think cash, yeah. I think of an exchange with you know, something that nobody really, you know, it can be hand to hand and nobody needs to be the wiser about it. You yeah. Know? Like there's te- like, at least with cash, there's technically like serial numbers, but like no one uses that. No. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Most people don't pay no attention to right. it. And it, yeah, they're just, there's a real, I don't know. Yeah. Cash has, has connotations to it that I really, oh, yeah. really like. I love it. cash. Right. I, always, <laughs> I use cash all the time. It's just like, I don't need my credit card company knowing like, where I'm buying groceries and like they don't need to know that like why so might as well just go out and get cash every once in a while and spend cash instead yeah absolutely exactly so and so this is a problem like I think a lot of people got excited about Bitcoin because they saw the potential to where they could use it like they were used to using you know good old-fashioned cash yeah in a way but now we're finding out well that's not that's not exactly how it's shaping up there's lots of companies that are spending a lot of time on making sure that these things aren't in any way anonymous or pseudonymous or yeah. whatever. And I mean, and it's nothing, it's not even, here's the thing is that look, people wanting that, it's, that doesn't even, uh, you know, imply nefariousness, you know, it's just, Hey, you don't need to know, you know, like you said with the credit cards, yeah. there's no reason right. for you to know what the hell I'm buying. Yeah. Like, like who's, whose business is it of yours, you know, to, to, to know that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one can make a case, well, it's a credit card company. They're giving you credit, blah, 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 but we're not going there. Bottom line is, is that, you know, nobody needs to know this shit. And so I, I think that's, that's really exciting. And it's one of the reasons I've been excited for a long time about, you know, zero coin and now Zcash in that, okay, no, you know, this is this is kind of that ethos is that, you know, who, who needs to know? You don't need to know. Uh, yeah. Financial privacy is just as important as um, any other type of privacy. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that completely. When sorry to jump in here, but whenever somebody talks about financial privacy, I like I think people can have trouble seeing examples of why it might be important. They mm-hmm. think, oh, yeah, well, like drug dealers and money launderers. Sure, they need that. But what about the person who um, is getting divorced from an abusive spouse and doesn't want them to see that they're setting up to buy their to like get their own apartment or Mm -hmm. to get like you know like food to like move out Mm -hmm. or what about the like the kid with that has like parents that are draconian and and doesn't want their parents to see what they're spending money on what about the like the 16 year old girl who's buying birth control and Mm -hmm. doesn't want her dad to know because her dad will beat her up or something Mm -hmm. what about you know like there's all kinds of situations where you could like legitimately um, maybe like the average person could side with somebody and feel compassion for somebody who needs financial privacy for quote legitimate reasons. And they're not a drug dealer or a money launderer or a hitman. You know, they're just trying to basically live their life. Um, you know, in, in Afghanistan, there was, um, there are these two ladies that I interviewed once for let's talk Bitcoin. Um, and at one of them was Farsha, 
Farrow. She has the Code to Inspire Foundation, and she teaches girls, and she's Afghanistani, and she teaches girls in Afghanistan how to code. And um, she said that if you're a girl in Afghanistan and you come home with, like, any cash, like, your dad will just take it from you. Yeah. Like, they'll just, your parents will take it from you. And you can't really have your own money. And so if you have a Bitcoin wallet nobody can take it from you right unless right. you like give it to them <laughs> so and the same thing with zcash like yeah. it's just an, another layer of protection so yeah yeah until they start looking at the bitcoin blockchain and they see oh or they like associate an address with your identity that's yeah where... exactly right yeah so i mean and that's that's an important thing too like and i and i, I want to ask this about zcash mm-hmm. as, as you are an employee um you know, do they I think what happens is, is a lot of people don't think the way that Stephanie was just describing that. Well, in America, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But what about in other parts of the world where absolutely, you know, yeah, you're going to get beaten for just bringing home cash and being a woman. Yeah. You know, uh, so, I mean, does Zcash have like a world view? I mean, they're not oh, yeah. just thinking America. Yeah, oh, America. yeah. We we're definitely thinking about various different cultures and communities all around the world and you know even like there's a business side of this as well like if you are you know if you have competitors you don't want to reveal your your financial reports to competitors right, right. that's a simple very basic understanding of markets you want to have you want to keep an edge and therefore revealing uh, financial transactions or who you're doing business with can be detrimental yeah absolutely so uh, so, yeah, I mean, and that's great. And I'm glad to hear that uh, because, I mean, even in, you know, we've been to a, quite a few Bitcoin and blockchain conferences and all that. And sadly, I feel like a lot of people there really do just have a very American centric view like they're they're, And which is a shame. I mean, there's people that 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 were had a more worldview as well, because that's one of the beauties was like the idea. Well, you don't have to pay all the crazy fees with Western Union. You don't have to worry about all these bodies that are controlling where the money can go whenever. If somebody, you know, if, if your buddy in Uganda needs something, you can give them the hookup. You know, sometimes people do take a worldview, but it's kind of interesting because sometimes they they try to take a global view on cryptocurrencies, but they don't really understand like the issues that are present when you actually try to do that, you know? Oh, you can fail at that. Like right. people taking Bitcoin to Africa. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of that interview yeah. with Richard. Um, what's his name? I'm sorry. I forgot his name, but there were basically, there was this person that I interviewed that he was a white guy from England and he tried to go to Kenya and like yeah. um, introduce Bitcoin to some like communities and he hooked up with like an orphanage in Nairobi and like um, there were all these problems like first of all you can't even really have a tablet because it's like an item that is easy easily stolen right and like how do you protect it and like um, how are you going to tell these people oh you should hold on to your Bitcoin when the value is like fluctuating up and down and they don't know like if it's going to drop 50% in value by next month but they need it to actually like pay for food and stuff then that's kind of bad to be depending on it so like you know, there were all these like logistical issues. And also it's like it smacks of like a white person like going to Africa and telling them like how to live and, you know, he spreading Christianity. Yeah. He says, he's like, look, these people have seen this before. I am the white man. Here I come with, you know, with, right. I will save you, you know, and, and all this. And so I yeah, I really like that interview because it like exposed some of the actual like real logistical mm-hmm. issues. I'm not saying everybody who's who's saying like, oh, yeah, cryptocurrency is great for the planet is is like that. But um, so and even I'm guilty of this because I haven't gone to like other countries and tried to like get people to use Bitcoin or anything. <laughs> you know, I haven't like tried to get micro loans or anything. But, um, you know, I, I think um, sometimes it's maybe lacking perspective a little bit. Um, 
but I do think that like the basic idea is there, you know, like if, if some of the infrastructure and like logistical challenges can be solved, you know, like there's areas of the planet that don't have reliable internet. There's lots of the planet that doesn't have reliable internet. There's areas that don't have computers, you know, <laughs> like readily accessible. Yeah. Um. So how are you going to like install Linux and like, you yeah. know, to have Zcash on it? So, you know, um, there's challenges, but there's also like potential there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we're we're definitely like very dependent on the the larger ecosystem and community to help us grow mm-hmm. Zcash. Like we only have a, a Linux uh, client that you have to install using command line, and you have to run it using command line. Which so we're damn basically- it, I applaud. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great because it's like not you know let the people that that really know what's going on get their hands oh, dirty. Oh well, with this. I I don't because I don't know how to do a command line. <laughs> I can't. But you can watch the install video and and it will help you. Yeah, very <laughs> yes, familiar voice on that. <laughs> I narrated the install video and I still can't figure out how to install it. No. Um, I like I would like to try it but honestly I am intimidated by like doing command line stuff. Yeah. Like, I could do it. Like I used to do DOS and like CD backslash and you know that kind of shit but yeah. like I haven't done it lately. So. <laughs> yeah, there was um on the initial version there was a a, a kind of a a problem in the instructions that a lot of users were running into so we just recently released a separate video that has instructions that should work for everyone so maybe uh-huh. give it another shot <laughs> so okay well i i do want to get into the coinbase story but i think maybe we'll save that for a little bit because because okay. now we're so we're getting into the install and i, I want to talk about this because yeah. i imagine people are going to hear this show and they're gonna be like well hey you know how do i get this how do i how do i run this mm-hmm. uh you know zcash and now i i want to ask this out of the gate and then i want to you know like get into what exactly it takes but i just want to make sure i get this question in so the how how many so the system requirements to run the Zcash wallet client whatever yep. you want to call it uh, yep. um, does it really was it four gig of RAM? Okay, so there is um, uh, if you're if you're just installing it the way that we have written out in the install video, then it shouldn't require a lot of of RAM. But there is a um, a situation where if you're sending to or from a shielded address, so essentially if you're creating a zero knowledge proof, that mm-hmm. at that point you need for at least four gigs of RAM to generate that transaction. Uh-huh. So, because um, other than that, the specs seem pretty minimal. Yes, and that is like that's one of our kind of near near goals to reduce that requirement. Awesome. Um, we just kind of had, you know, had set a launch date and we wanted to get like this proof of concept out that people could use. So, yeah, um, I I appreciate that. Like, I I understand that, you know, Uh, I mean, that was like when I, when I saw that, I was like, like, that was not going to work. I mean, like for phones, that doesn't even work at all. Right. 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 I mean, just now in the past year, if phones with four gig or six, barely. Yeah. And like with your phone, you can't like turn off all the other processes. (laughs) So you're probably only working with two or three. Yeah. So so this is well known. This is something that's being worked yes. out, which is great because that's some of the things I wanted to talk about is future roadmap. What's yes. coming. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, there is this. It's essentially because you're creating a zero knowledge proof. You're you're creating a, like this huge cryptographic thing right. all at once. And you just need a lot of memory to store all that data. But um, the developers, the core developers say that they I mean, they you know, I don't know. 
I can't I can't say to how much exactly, but it could be reduced like between twenty and eighty percent. But that doesn't really give you much. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I get it. It will like, be reduced. But. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's intensive. You know, I mean, doing that level of cartography and all that, especially yeah. for something you know really really kind of new. I yeah. mean, very new. You yeah. Know? Uh, I I understand that. You know, I really do. So that's something for people to be aware of. I think that that's like the first point that needs to be gotten out there because I I know some people who I've talked to. Uh, you know, they're running machines that that have two gig and and that's about it. Like that's kind of their Linux machines, because now that gets into the other point, Mm. which is right now the client and you can correct me on any of this, the client or the, you know, the wallet, whatever that that's only installable on Linux, kind of like what we were just saying. Yeah, the core clients. But there are ports like the whole if you if you kind of look mostly in our community forum. um, What's the website? uh, Our main website is z.cash. Love that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the forum, if you want to check out like different projects from people, is forum.z.cash. Okay. Perfect. Um, but there's like different ports. I have a, um, right now I'm actually um, like running a small mining thing on my Mac uh, back at home. Okay. Just, um, you know, I don't run it all the time because I use my Mac for other things and like it takes up every, pro- like all of the computing power. What, what year is your Mac? It's old. It's like maybe 20, uh, maybe it's only 2013 or 2012. Well, it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but it's, it's, it's an, it's an air and it's just like very minimal specs. Yeah. Like it was uh, a work computer that they let me take. <laughs> right. Okay. No, well, that's fair. So, I mean, so there's like, there's probably, you know, community built Windows clients. And, yes. And, all and the- there's going to be more. Uh, it's just, and like, there's some um, existing wallets that have integrated Zcash into them. So, like, Jack's wallet. Um, have they already put Zcash in? Yep. They have Zcash. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. Now that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of, of Jack's. Yeah. Um, I know. Well, I'm not going to get into the to the details behind that, but like this, that that's pretty much the same team as I understand it that did Rush Wallet, yes. uh, which I love Anthony, Rush Wallet. Yeah, yeah Anthony yeah. Diorio, who who's been on on Sovereign Tech in the past. Yeah, they've been that. very supportive of us and like really excited to integrate. They were one of like they had it integrated on day one from launch. So that's fantastic. Kudos to them. Okay, yeah, I how I missed that, I'm not sure, but that is exciting to know. Um, Okay, so in, in some ways that kind of even solves that whole issue. Like, yeah. like that if you want a wallet, well, if Jax has it, Jax works on fucking every. I mean, they even have a Firefox add-on. Yes, so, like that. That's as fantastic. far as I know, they only support transparent addresses. Though, oh, that's there's the, the rub. Catch. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so you can still, you know, you can still hold Zcash, and um, that kind of circles back into the linkability thing where. Maybe you're required to only have a transparent address because the shielded addresses require so much uh, mm. RAM when you're creating transactions. So that's probably the biggest reason why you would want to use a transparent address right now right. to store on a you know, mobile or whatever. Just start getting your hands on it. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's where the linkability is beneficial or thinking about linkability is beneficial. So if you send... Say you can only send to a transparent address, but if you send it first to a shielded address and then to the transparent address and then back to a shielded address or something, you're basically an isolated transparent address. Like on either side, there's shielded transactions, right? Right. So um, there isn't any like link in the chain of transactions like there is with Bitcoin. Like you can't associate that transparent address with a previous address. You 
unless you did some like investigative work or maybe like you could correlate value sense or um, IP addresses maybe mm-hmm. uh, if you if you really dug deep but you know use Tor and don't send like the same don't send the same address like if you're worried about linkability of value like someone seeing that someone sent this value before and then it was sent later on right um you could s- sort of make a correlation there just like break up the transactions or do something where you're not sending the same value twice yeah i think there's been a series over the past few years bitcoin's been a great primer in a lot of ways in that there's been a series of best practices for yes. if you want to use bitcoin privately yes. Always use those with any cryptocurrency, yes. in my opinion. All those ideas, using Tor and the others you mentioned. Yes, I would say that Zcash does benefit um, or does kind of remove the need for one kind of general best practice in Bitcoin, which is change addresses. Uh-huh. You can, because um, shielded addresses um, and the, you know, sending Zcash between them is not like, Sending between two shielded addresses in Zcash looks like any other sending between two shielded addresses in Zcash. That's uh, okay. like the power of the privacy. Like you don't know who sent what when. Right. Um. So if you're sending your change, like you don't want to send a full balance to someone else. You're sending change back to the original address, which is kind of like a no-no for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You want to make new addresses for each change. Um. You can do that with Zcash because it's just a, sh- a shielded, you know, the the Zcash stays shielded and therefore there isn't any, like, people aren't going to be aware of your your address at that point. So people can actually reuse addresses in Zcash and um, there's... There isn't like this this problem there is with Bitcoin. Right. So so I mean baked in, like these are ideas that people have wanted to implement in Bitcoin. Some people have wanted. Like you need to coin join, uh like the dark yeah. wallet or samurai wallet. There's a few of these yeah. that, that do this sort of thing. But right here it's already built in, it's into Zcash. Um Yeah. Well, it's it's different. Our our kind of privacy um I'm blanking on the word right now, but like the scope of the privacy or the anonymity sets mm-hmm. is much larger than what you would get with a, a coin join type situation where you're just like taking a handful of transactions and like bundling them together and mixing them all up. Right, right. Um, with Zcash, all like sending Zcash from one shielded address to another shielded address, it looks the same. Yeah. So it's essentially taking all of the Zcash users and that is your anonymity anonymity set right <laughs> okay. i have trouble with that word yeah. sometimes. <laughs> i mean 70 do you have any thoughts on on all of this i mean you know what do you what do you think um i really want to try it yeah and i'm glad that you can uh, like the jacks thing is a kind of a game changer like that makes it like i hear that and i'm like oh yeah i could do this right now yeah i don't well, have to install linux and <laughs> right yeah right. you don't have to and it's also you it's also on shapeshift is so if you have bitcoin yep. or something you can just shapeshift it to some zcash fantastic so now i want to talk just a little bit about the transparent and shielded yes. uh so transparent i mean these these terms they were i know they were very well thought out like yes. how exactly we're we gonna you know what are we gonna name these things yeah and 
So, but I think, I think the terms are, you know, it's one word that does do a really good job of explaining what exactly it is. Transparent means it's out in the open. People can look at it, see it's public, it's out there. Shielded means it's, you know, hidden, protected, uh, you know, all of these things. And so if people are wondering like, okay, what's the shielded and hidden that, or what's the shielded and transparent? That's it. That's exactly, it's exactly what it sounds like is that it's protected, private, blah, blah, blah. If it's shielded. And then if it's transparent, it's out there, it's public. Yep. And uh, where it gets a little more complex, and maybe I won't like dive too deep into the details because I still haven't figured out how the best way to explain this myself, um, but you can send um, between shielded and uh, transparent addresses, um, and that brings in different properties of privacy. So, um, for example, if you're sending from transparent to a shielded address, um, the transparent address will have an output value and you'll Mm -hmm. see the output value but the shielded address won't have any of that but you'll know that that value is held by some shielded address right like you know that there's been an output from a transparent to a shielded you don't know what shielded address is holding that value but you know that there is some address out there gotcha so so if you did that and you didn't send the entire balance from the shielded address would there be change that goes to another shielded address or would like, would there be another output to another shielded? Do you know what I'm saying? If you, I mean, it's up to you how you create the transactions. So you could send change to another shielded address and it could be like split up in between two addresses. And therefore it's even more, you don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then similarly with like the opposite we're calling it like de-shielding when you're sending from shielded to transparent. You're okay. de-shielding the Zcash. You're making it public. Right. Um, in that situation, you don't have you don't know anything about the sending address or the sending output, but you can see that there's some there's a transparent address that has received this this value. Gotcha. So okay. So, so there is like it gets a little complex with the like privacy implications of those things, um, and we're still kind of trying to figure out how to like best communicate this stuff. But I think you know people, as long as people understand that if you're um, sending to or from a transparent address, that value is out in the open, um, even if it's um, even if it's being sent to or from a shielded address, um, there's some you're you're still revealing some information, right? So use all shielded addresses. I mean, we need to <laughs> we need to you know fix the memory requirements for all of that. But sure. you know, once that happens, yeah, everyone should just use shielded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if it's built in, it's baked in. Just do it by default. Yeah, like, just like if email. If we were talking about PGP, right? Earlier. Exactly. If PGP was just part of the program, who the oh. hell wouldn't turn it yeah, on? Like, exactly. of course, okay, no, it's automatically PGP. Great, and you don't yeah. even have to think about it. Yeah. Um. So now that that leads me to a question. Now, one of the things I remember when zero or uh, Zcash was first kind of announced. I think there was a TechCrunch story about it. Um, And in that, at the time, I think even like the developers might have been, I I read it. I think I I called the episode The Return of Zero Coin or something. Uh, It was was a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can remember the cover art for it. It's a picture (laughs) of me holding like a Google Cardboard to my head. Okay. So anyway, (laughs) so if you look for that, you'll know. But but in that, now, I I seem to remember in that story that it said that there would be a way, even in uh, a shielded, in this case, now we know the term, in a shielded transaction, that you could prove that, say, you bought something. Yeah. 
so like, can, can you speak to how exactly that works? Cause this, this is interesting to me because one of the things that I, what, how to put this, uh, one of the few things that I think are really valid in, in the, in the act of human exchange mm-hmm. is the bill of sale. Like, yeah. I, I think that that's a fine thing. It's been, yeah. it's existed with humans for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not one for contracts really, but that's another story. Okay. But, but bills, bills of sale was, was effectively described in this article. Like, yeah, you could prove that you, you did this and this, even though it was like kind of the shielded thing. Yeah. Can, can you explain like, is that true first? And then second, like kind of how that works perhaps? Yes, it's totally true. Oh, awesome. um, and it's really cool how it's done. So with these shielded addresses, you actually have um, two sets of key pairs, um, so you have the, you know, the standard Bitcoin, like public private key, but it's really like a paying, uh, like a key that you pay to and a key that you can spend from. Okay. So that's the first set. But with, um, the shielded addresses, you have a second set, which is, um, transmission key and viewing key. And the transmission key is what is used to essentially encrypt the data too. So this receiver has this public um, transmission key, which the sender will encrypt all this uh, transaction data too. Okay. And then the uh, the receiver has this viewing key, which is essentially a private key. And the private key reveals the data. Ah, so okay. if you give that viewing key, it's separate from the spending key. So if you have the viewing key, it doesn't mean you can spend it. But if you have this viewing key, then you can share it with, you know, someone else and be essentially and reveal. Right. Yeah, reveal what's what's in the transaction. Um, I mean, that has a ton of use cases in and of itself. Um, being able to like even like I maybe hate to bring it up, but even like regulatory things sure. like being able to kind of prove um, uh, prove what data uh, or the transactions that you're uh, you're doing within your business or being right. able to keep records, but still be able to verify it with governments. Um, but uh, in addition, there is with every uh, every transaction between shielded addresses, there is an encrypted memo field that's built in. Uh. So um, you can add in uh, a small bit of data. I don't know the ex- I forget the exact. And this is size. an immutable memo. Like I mean, this isn't something you you can change. Of right. Course, right. It's okay. yeah. It's, it goes in the blockchain. It goes in the blockchain. Got it. Um, and if you don't in if you don't input a memo, um, it just enters in a bunch of zeros, so you can't really tell what. It helps to just like yeah, it helps to just like prevent uh, being able to decipher what the actual memo is, or at least like kind of see what kind of memo it is. Um, so kind of between those two tools, like being able to have the viewing key and being able to input a memo, like for example. Um, it's, it would be really, these memo fields are really great for just like a return address. Cause you don't receiving, a, a shielded Zcash, you don't know the, the, the sender, right? Like you, that's kind of built into the design. But if the sender actually inputs like a return address, say you're buying something from a merchant or a service and, um, you know, it's not, you receive the product and it's broken or, you know, you want to return it, then, if as long as the merchant was given a return address in that uh, in that memo field, then they can issue a refund, and um, it kind of acts as like a bill of sale. In um, yeah, I love it. I I think that you know 
reg- regulations or not, securing yeah. your financial your yep. financials. How how fucking important is that? I mean, like, it, it, you know, regardless of, of how you want to go about that, whether you're dealing with regulatory bodies or not, I mean, it's great to just do that, whatever, in a very secure way, as secure as possible. Um, so, yeah. And the bill of sale thing, like that was one of the things that I was like, OK, yeah, because this is, you know, it's a dream come true for me because it's like, OK, so here we go. We can do very private, uh, uh, you know, transactions. But at the same time, you can still, if you need to, you can prove, yeah, I mean, yep. you, you know, this is, I like, if, if somebody went to go buy a car, you know, with Zcash, which is a future I hope to see. Um, yeah, right. I mean, you know, you're going to, you do two, you know, between two shielded ac- uh, accounts or, or you know, uh, wallets, and, but you can still prove it, even though, it, even though it's shielded. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I think it like the way they've implemented it, it's, it's, it's very perfect and useful. Um, I definitely hope to see one day, like all, like maybe at a point we can actually just remove the transparent part of, of like the Bitcoin part of, of Zcash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'll be seen as so anathema. It's just yeah. like, no, we don't want anything to do with yeah, that. Yeah. Once we reduce the memory requirements and all that stuff, why, why even use the transparent part? I mean, you have Bitcoin already, so. Yeah. You know, this is a thing that, that I, I've never really talked before, but it's always been a little fear of mine. I just can't really necessarily substantiate it. But one of the issues with like a real public ledger is that I think you could set people up pretty easily. Like, I, I think you could do a lot of things where you could say, oh, well, hey, I sent this, 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 you know, and, and, and like, I think you, you could you could create with a hyper with, with like a very public ledger like Bitcoin. I think you, you could really like create a situation where I think you could make people maybe look like they're doing something that they're not. Uh, and, and that's always been a huge concern of mine, which is I mean, you know, I mean, that that goes for privacy across the board. That can be a very ab- abstract subject. Um, but I think, yeah, if we got into where we're doing, you know, the shielded transactions, I mean, that sort of thing you know, what a person does is what a person does. And, you know, who knows who's using what? And I, I yeah, I love it. I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And yeah, this, the technology is just super inspiring and like the team is super inspiring. Now that's and, something too, the yeah. team, uh, you know, I want to talk about this because I actually, I think, and, and I trust you Paige, I trust mm-hmm. you like implicitly. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't, don't look hard enough, I think at, okay, Who's making this? And they're not asking why. Like, I mean, I could bring, I can mention a few projects and I can mention the person Mm -hmm. and they've been very public about their, perhaps their past life. And I go, oh, now I get why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. Okay. So looking at the team is very important. Um, Now, I mean, tell me about, tell me about the team. I mean, like great people. I mean, you could be as broad or, you know, however you want it, you know. Don't don't reveal anything you don't want to. (laughs) They're a great group of people. I've never felt so like motivated just by the team itself, you know, like just forget the technology. They're just like (laughs) super fun and like super passionate themselves. So it kind of creates this like feedback loop of like when we're all like working during the day, it's like, oh, like, can you help me with this? Of course. Yeah. Like it's just a very um, warming place to uh, I just feel very included there. Um, right from the start, start as well, because I've only been there for a few months. So sure, I mean um, the lead guy is Zuko. Yes, Zuko is amazing. He's super not to be smart. confused with Danny Zuko of Greece. No. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, I always that's how I always I know he doesn't look like that, but I always picture him like wearing a leather jacket that says T Birds on the back, and he's got the you know <laughs> kind of the cowlick hair. But no, he doesn't have that at all. Anyway, so okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a great uh, great CEO. He 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 knows how to run the business and like honestly like 
like he he's had this uh, other company which he isn't um really a part of so much anymore called least authority file system it was basically one of the first like distributed decentralized storage platforms um early now, th- that's been around for a while yeah yeah at I- least a decade i think at yeah. this point um and uh which is something i mean this is you know and and if if i can't say this we can edit it but you you know you're telling me i mean zuko's and i didn't know this like i mean he's worked with some big names in cryptography yeah he's a cypherpunk yeah i mean he's right he's He's the real deal he's the old school right yeah he's got it (laughs) i mean he's worked you know with with the really big names i mean chome all of them yeah you know which is and and really like uh like uh um what was this company again? Tahoe there. Tahoe LAF, yeah. least authority files. Right, exactly. Now, I mean, that came out of uh, that came out of Mojo Nation. Like, I mean, the- yeah, Mojo Nation was kind of like um, this is like my very general understanding. Uh, Mojo Nation was like this big project that a lot of different uh, people that were interested in decentralized networks mm-hmm. were working on, including like Bram Cohen from BitTorrent. Right. Yeah. I um, mean, all the great stuff has yeah. come out of this original little 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 brain think tank there yeah and they all like they all realized that this mojo nation concept was just like really like grandiose and Mm -hmm. like trying almost trying to do too much so they all kind of like ended up just splintering out realizing that it was going to fail it wasn't like going to reach its potential splintering out bram went and did BitTorrent. yep and um uh zuko kind of followed through with uh, Tahoe. Did Tahoe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so, so there's, you got the right pedigree, I think here, certainly at least in the CEO, uh, you know, I'm glad that yeah. you're on board. In yeah. fact, I've even said that on CyberTech. <laughs> I was like, well, that, you know, that, that kind of says a lot for me. Thanks. Um, and I mean, but everybody there. So it's, it's a great now. Now you all work pretty much remotely. Like there isn't yep. some like big base of operations, which I think nope. is cool too, because I mean, shit, take decentralization all the way. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> we're, we're pretty dis- uh, dispersed out. Um, it makes like maybe meetings a little difficult for some people, um, like a developer in New Zealand, he kind of like, oh, time, uh, it, yeah, time just time zones are, are the hardest part I would say. But, sure. um, I, I'd say he's, he's, we like the ma- meetings are suffer kind of arranged to try to include him as much as possible. Um, and, uh, yeah. How big is the team? I don't even know. Maybe like. Are you under 20? Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's yeah, like yeah. the perfect size. Yeah. I mean, not, not that, and I want to get into this, like where, where you see the future going with Zcash. Um, but I, I've always felt like, I love like DuckDuckGo's like 13 people. Yeah. Even like, even companies I'm not the biggest fan of, like Instagram, 13 yeah. people, you yeah. know, like, I mean, these really small, nimble teams, that is just the best things come out of that shit. Yeah. We uh, kind of have this like core team of people like working for Zcash, the company, mm-hmm. um, but there's also kind of this extended family of advisors and scientists. So I guess I'm not really counting them, but yeah, they yeah. do they do help. They review things like um, they come up with new ideas like they're they're one of the we call them like science projects, but they're essentially <laughs> just like projects that um, extend Zcash in some capacity. So um uh, Matthew Green and um, Ian Myers are both uh, scientists. Love Matthew Green. Um, yeah. That work at John Hopkins. Yep, and, university. Yeah. Um, they there's a blog about this on uh, a post about this in our blog actually from earlier this year. But they're um, working on this project called Bolt, which is essentially like Lightning Network for Zcash, but oh. making it private. Wow. Like it's 
Yeah. So that's a like, so like considering all these other kind of outside things outside of the core Zcash protocol um, is what a lot of these scientists are working on. Now, Okay, so that th- that's awesome. Like, I think that's yeah. great. I love hearing the R and D shit too. Yeah. That, that's that's it's, fantastic. I I love like what made me so inspired by working for Zcash is like the science based approach. It's just like get the science down first and like get it like you know there's 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 issues with the whole peer review system. Like mm-hmm. there's you know there's some problems, but like when it comes down to it, you want like. You want scrutiny. You want a lot yeah. of eyes to be looking at your science, like your, especially around security and privacy. You oh, want to right. like, you want a lot of review, and sometimes that has to be like peer reviewed right. situations. So, um, and like, there's that's like a huge Im- important thing for Zcash and, um, yeah. No, I, I applaud it. So okay, so I want to I want to kind of I want to get into some of the pricing things because this was an interesting story yeah. and it's actually part of the reason I waited to talk about Zcash on the show for me to do to, to do like a full you know breakdown of it. First off is I knew I could get you in the studio, so I was yeah. like, no, I'll, I'll just have somebody from the damn company you know come <laughs> on, uh, and it's cool to hang out too. So, oh, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but now. One thing that I've said for a long time and that a lot of people have said, and and I know, Stephanie, you've heard people say this sort of thing, too. And I mean, and obviously, you know, you're one of the co-hosts of Let's Talk Bitcoin. So, you know, you know the deal. Um, The one thing that people had said could like overtake Bitcoin. Now, I'm not claiming Zcash is going to overtake Bitcoin. But the one thing that everybody always said, if anything could overtake Bitcoin, it would be something that built anonymity right into it. Okay, and. Zcash is really that, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying it's going to do that. I'm just saying that it really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're playing footsies I, while you're talking. I, I see this. Very <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep talking. I mean, hey, <laughs> you know, go, go for it. Uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> oh man, it's a good thing this show ain't video. But anyway, no. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Yeah, so so the, so Zcash is kind of that dream come true in in, in a very real, real sense. And now, what's interesting is is that when Zcash, what was the release date for Zcash? What, what, do, you, do you remember the? It was October. Date? Yeah, the October twenty eighth. October twenty eighth. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Um, so on a, on a, like the day after or a couple of days after, what was the average? You know, Zcash. I don't know if coin. there was even an average. <laughs> like it was just like all over the place. I think the. The main problem was that um, exchanges were listing Zcash for the first time, and it was just like random people making bids to sell. So like they were pricing it like super so high, like four thousand per per Zcash. Right, four thousand dollars per yeah, coin. Yeah, Zcash. and like, right. and that's really just a flaw. I think um, there's actually an article I read about this. I don't recall detail like meta details about it sorry but sure. if you maybe search around but it was about like the problem um with launching new coins on exchanges and how they can be there's better ways to essentially implement that so there mm-hmm. isn't this like like almost like almost to sort of like mm, reduce the whole like craziness of the free market yeah. at, at the launch of a well, do a, something about speculation yeah sure. yeah yep. so um, that was the main, uh, I think, problem with the price. And it's been, you know, settling down ever since. Um, you know, it's it's still a little volatile in times, but... Do you know what it is off the top of your head or like what it was yesterday? Um, I believe it was around 60. 
60, 60 okay 60 per per, per z cash yeah yeah okay yeah no, that's that's fair yeah yeah so there was that wild ride that that yeah. happened i mean in fact i even i saw like barry silbert tweet you know zuko you're gonna be a million or a trillionaire mm-hmm. yeah he, said. Right. he actually said trillionaire <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, that that was that was like that was crazy obviously i think most people recognized Okay, there's no way like yeah. that, that. That's like the price. Yeah, you no. know, th- this we is were gonna... a little like, oh god, like what did we do? But like, no, it's it, it settled down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I, I thought that, and, and what you described is kind of to why it was happening and all yeah. that. Like, I, I think that's exactly you know what what. So went down. was it like at first there was a limited supply of them because there were just people just started mining. And then there were only a few, so they were they're like, oh, four thousand dollars, please. For exactly, my that's essentially what it was. And we didn't make it any better by introducing this concept of a slow start mining period, which mm. actually just ended a, two days ago, I think. Um, but it was essentially starting. Um, so we we kind of um, mirror Bitcoin's mining, except. Um, Ours is four times as fast, so blocks are mined every two and a half minutes, and you get four times as little of the currency, so you get uh, 12 and a, 12 and a half, um, 12 and a half Zcash are mined every two and a half minutes, where Bitcoin started with um, 50 at right. 10, minutes. 10 minutes. Right. So ours is just like shifted a little bit but it's the same distribution essentially uh but instead of um starting exactly at 12 and a half zcash we started at zero and uh essentially linearly ramped it up to 12 um over the course of twenty thousand blocks so um that that was mostly for just like you know what if like something majorly crazy happen and there was like a huge security bug in the beginning and Mm -hmm. like it destroyed everyone's value so we kind of wanted to like allow for like a flexible period of uh uh, like kind of experimentation and like just also kind of to remove the gold rush effect of like oh i gotta start mining right now or else um i'm not like it's it's gonna you know be really bad but the people mining initially actually didn't get that much zcash right Okay, so, and I should have gotten this out of the way earlier, but I mean, this is, so Zcash is proof of work. Um, yeah, we have, uh, we, um, uh, we use a different, a different algorithm than Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like one of the attempts is to try to keep it more decentralized than Bitcoin. Uh-huh. So being memory hard, so you're required to have memory for mining, um, and it reduces Instead of CPU like Bitcoin has. We you can use CPU, okay. but like it's essentially trying to require memory so you can't create ASICs or it's right. a lot harder or it'll kind of push that down the line a little. We're not super confident in that hope. Like we like where there's a will, there's a way, I think. Yeah, I know um, CryptoNote does the same thing where it's memory yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, we'll see. Uh but uh, yeah, right now you can you can mine with CPUs and GPUs, and that's um, that's what people do. What about the block size? Are the blocks huge because they contain like these? Are the zero knowledge proofs like big in terms of data? Yes, uh, there aren't a lot of uh, there aren't a lot of of those transactions yet, unfortunately. I mean, but to be expected. So, um, yeah the the block size is two megabytes from the start. Oh wow! Okay. 
Okay. And what if it gets to the point where it starts exceeding that? Like, will it be the same thing that's going on in Bitcoin right now? Or will you just like the the team will just change it? Or I think we're not going to be... I think what I've heard from the core team is that we kind of want to be in between Bitcoin and Ethereum in terms mm. of like how we manage, like we want, we don't want to be so like, you know, make a fork every like week, like, like <laughs> Ethereum, but we're not going to be afraid of that. Like we're not going to, you know, we're going to stand our ground and be like, you know, this change needs to happen and you guys can join us. Hopefully you will, because we think it's the best for right. the ecosystem. And, um, so we're not we're not afraid we're not gonna take the like super safe like don't change anything approach like the Bitcoin core team. Gotcha, Stephanie Murphy always asking the hard questions. <laughs> That's right, I make it hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, well, all right, <laughs> uh, no comment. No, yeah. I still have my Ooh. Zcash hat on once we once I take the Zcash hat off all after right. this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a general disclaimer. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> as an employee of Zcash, my other thoughts and opinions on this show don't reflect the company yeah, at all. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Um, so I'm try- I I know I have like a million questions more, you know, to to ask on the whole thing. Um, or, or well, here's one. I, I want to get this out of because some people have a critique of this, and that is there is a percentage of um of zcash that founders reward founders reward right could you explain that the the what and why um so it's it's a um the founders reward is oops it's 10 (laughs) percent. it's okay (laughs) stephanie's uh well all right yeah uh founders reward is uh 10 of all zcash um and it is produced by um, the first four years of Zcash mining. Okay. Twenty percent goes to the founders reward address. So it's twenty percent of mining um, for the first four years, and then after that, there's no more founders reward. So okay, it's essentially so- a four year period where. Twenty um, percent is going to this founders reward. Okay, now can you speak to the why? The why is to sustain development and right. um, to keep people interested. Um, part of the founders reward is going to uh, investors that uh, initially invested in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're getting a small percentage, but they're actually getting a lot less than the founders and advisors and scientists. Um, there's also part of it going to a um, a strategic reserve, which um, essentially is just like, a, you know, going to be um, helping Zcash company uh, sustain itself without maybe needing to look into other investors. I mean, we're not quite ruling that out, but um, it, it's just like, um, you know, it's it's helping to make sure that we're in a good spot down the line once we um, once we're out of this initial investor money. Yeah. Um, and finally, there's um, a portion of it is going to a foundation, which is kind of in the process of being set up. So I don't have much to say about it right now. But okay. that, um, yeah, that's going to be, we'll announce more about that in the near future. Sure. Um, but that'll be more like community focused and perhaps like, you know, the the company being uh, more focused on like the 
other other features or like enterprise things um, versus uh, you know more kind of core developments being uh, right. foundation based. Okay, so now this might shock some people, but I'm actually okay with this uh, because first off, like as I understand it, Zcash did no crowd sale. No. Right. Right. Good. Yeah. Because I am so goddamn sick of, <laughs> of fundraising and like selling bullshit. Well, some people do this okay, but but most of the time it, it's I think it's a scam. Like mm. where, where where there's this like you know selling off of this certain token or something, mm. and then eventually that token has to uh, you know its value becomes questionable because there actually is you know there's nothing the product doesn't exist yet. Yeah. You know, and I, I, right. I really have an issue with that. Yeah. So I like that. The other thing is that I I worry sometimes, and I'm just speaking with a degree of speculation, that Bitcoin might have gotten infected with some degree of special interests mm. as as far as as far as development goes. Yeah. Um and in so doing was because, you know, who the hell is paying these people? Right. Right. How are they getting paid? Like there wasn't actually a model for that set up. I mean, yeah. and it's great if people do. I mean, hey, you know, the open source movement, people doing things out of the kindness of their heart and blah, blah, blah. I think that's that's goddamn wonderful. Yeah. And I, I support that all the way. Um, but I, I I appreciate this and I appreciate the reason for it. I would much rather have this than a fucking fundraiser, you know, or yeah. a crowd sale or whatever. Like, Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it, too. I I. I can't say I'm like super thrilled about like needing something like yeah, that, but yeah. like it's just another model that to experiment with, like, right? Like Zcash is an experimental cryptocurrency and like all companies that are building something completely different and completely new, uh, it's an experiment and we're, we're like the, the founder's reward and being able to sustain the company is a part of that experiment. So um, I really hope it works out because I think Zcash is uh, really revolutionary and can, you know, help a lot of people down the line, especially, you know, in four years when a lot of like companies in the cryptocurrency space are like done. Yeah, like, they're dead after they, the first they, six months. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the issue yeah. that it scratches for me is that like I like the idea of when something's done, then I'll take your money. Yeah. You know, and and that's really this is one model of that yeah. to where okay, no, the product's out. Okay, now we'll collect a little bit. Yeah, you know, yep. okay, good. Yeah, you know, like like that. That's that. In my opinion, that's kind of how things you know should work. I know they can't always work out that way. Yeah. Um, but that's how I like to do business. Yeah, so, so I, I agree. I'm, I'm kind of all right with that. I mean, I and I understand the critics. I get it. And like some people want to compare it to, well, that's like what you know people say when they're they're building some toll road is that mm. well we're we only need to collect the tolls until the roads paid off. But yeah. then they never. Well, stop this collecting part the tolls. this is baked into the algorithm, so right. we're not like we can't like we could you know create a a fork that like changes the right the mining so we keep getting that but no one would switch to that like. yeah well that, that's it right you'd have to do a hard fork and then people would have to choose and people probably wouldn't choose yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i'm yeah don't don't worry about that it's not um like we're we're taking what um what we've been advertising for this whole time um and we hope that 
you know, users will understand that we're extremely committed to mm-hmm. continue working on this. Um, and this funding will really, really help us so we don't have to be distracted by other, you know, how do we raise money and all this other stuff. So it's just like, it's really, really helpful. Sure. No, I, I, I can appreciate that. So, all right, let, let's let's wrap up kind of the Zcash thing here. Mm-hmm. And I guess I want to know, like, what is the plan? I, I don't mind hearing your hopes and I don't mind hearing like what the company has and I it's somewhat of an idea for like say say that four year time frame in yeah. four years where is Zcash maybe like what's your like you know what, what do you think the value is going to be mm-hmm. how many people do you think will be using it what's it going to be doing is there going to be something new about it that we don't or you know that that isn't being widely talked about yeah uh, do you get what I'm asking yeah Go for I it. mean there's so many possibilities I mean I'm I'm particularly in looking forward to seeing where this bolt um protocol mm-hmm. um ends up I, I think that's really exciting and just like being able to do things off chain but still securely and, pri- and privately um because you know that's the one thing off about chain yeah that's what lightning network does right, right, bolts yeah, and yeah. lightning right, network right, they're very right. um you know blockchains have like this hard fast property about them is that they're an ever-growing expanding database yeah. that you can't really do anything about so you know, having off-chain solutions and using the blockchains as like a clearinghouse, right. I think is a perfectly valid way to proceed without um, and still being able to use this infinitely growing ledger. Absolutely. Um, so I'm really hopeful for that. And also, you know, I mean, maybe that's a little tangent, but like thing, going back to like talking about how there's different cultures around the world and even people that don't have internet that could potentially really use these types of tools. Yes. Um, Lightning Network and Bolts are potential ways that you could use these, uh, use cryptocurrencies without internet, like, or having a, an intranet in your, in your area and being able to, you know, have a community currency and all these other things. So I'm really excited about, like, the splintering off and being able to use privacy in all of these other situations. Um so there's that. Um, we're definitely going to be doing, uh, again, like working on improving the um, resource requirements. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the, the near future goals. Um, we're not really looking to, you know, build Windows clients or anything. That's right definitely going to stay with the ecosystem, the general ecosystem. And, and no reason for it not to. Yeah. Like, I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, the also the... For now, this uh, what I was talking about before with the viewing keys, those aren't like super usable right now. They're mm-hmm. not a part of the API, so you can't actually extract this viewing key yet. Right. Um, it's implemented into the protocol, but you can't like quite use it yet. So that'll be a near future implementation that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and, you know, I don't know about price. I, I, I have no idea. Like, if... It really depends on, uh, I think, a lot of factors. Um, yeah, I. No, it's fair yeah, enough. I yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. So, I mean, Stephanie, did you have any last questions about Zcash at all? Um, otherwise, we're gonna be on the spot. Um, well, I guess I'm wondering, like, when do you think 
it will get beyond the stage of like having to run a command line to install. Well, it's kind of already there, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, with the shielded addresses, that will require the resource reduction improvements. Right. So that's like the biggest thing. Um, so, um, yeah, like once that happens, then Jax can simply, you know, include support for shielded addresses and other wallets can be made. Um, so there, it's 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 growing. I I think you know. I think next year is is going to be a really great year for Zcash. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a growing ecosystem. Everybody's rolling their eyes at me, but I mean, like, I think that's what it needs to like really grow. And maybe it's not ready to super grow yet because it's still like kind of being worked out yeah. the details. But um, yeah, like I, I think I'll use it once it's like easy to use, you know? Yes. I, I totally understand that. And um, I hope we can, we can facilitate that for, you know, third parties to, to make it easier as well. Yeah, nothing wrong with a slow build. and Yeah, uh, we're being cautious. Yeah, I think it's best good. to be cautious, especially yep. with security and privacy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is that really this is, in my opinion, I mean, the short the shorthand is this is a powerful tool for privacy advocates. So I, I think that's wonderful. Now, we're going to move on to some other subjects here. But before we do that, of course, I got to get to I'm taking one. my Zcash hat off now. Woo! All right. Zcash so hat like, is I'm off. I'm free. All right. I, I'm going to mark it. At 118 <laughs> or 119, the Zcash hat came off. All right. <laughs> so we'll put that in the show notes right with the disclaimer. Okay. You're, you're covered. <laughs> Thank you, Zuko. <laughs> Thanks, Zuko. Yeah, I'll just say that right shout now. Out. Shout out. I know, out. it's not a... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, we can do a shout out to Zuko. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to get to a sponsor here, speaking of paying the bills. Um, and I just uh, want to say, boy, you know, if you love cryptocurrency, you know, we're talking about Zcash is just another one of these options um, to to perhaps store your wealth, store your value and all this. Uh, another great one to do is the real, talk about real offline storage of value. And that is gold and silver. And if you're going to do that, what I want you to check out is Roberts and Roberts Brokerage. This is one of the absolute best businesses in the world today. Believe me, they are going to take care of you if you want to get your hands on gold, silver, platinum, palladium, coins, all the good stuff. Okay, so you're going to go to gold.zog.ninja. That's the website, gold.zog.ninja. And you could talk to, hell, you could talk right to Tim Fry, I imagine. He's the guy that runs the place. I love the man. He is, he's just a, a top, you know, class That was act. one of my favorite interviews you've done. With Tim Fry, yeah. he's awesome. He's so cool. He is. He's so yeah, cool. He's I am super cool. He is. I talked to him uh, just the other day, and I was like, I still want to get you back on the show, and we yeah, want to talk some it. computer history. Oh yeah, he's he <laughs> he is the best. So if you want to get the best, and let me t- here's the thing: Bitcoin preferred this business. We we're just talking about Bitcoin. This company is Bitcoin preferred. He knows. Maybe one day Zcash preferred. <laughs> I I'm going to talk to him. I bet we can make that happen. You know, I mean, absolutely. And so the Bitcoin preferred, and he'll, they'll even they'll even. Buy buy gold and silver off of you. Okay. So this is your one-stop shop for what I like to call real cold storage. Uh, that's your precious metals. So go to gold.zog.ninja and we cannot thank them enough for supporting Sovereign Tech and appreciating the message that gets out there from the show. So, all right, we got that out of the way. Um, and the, the Zcash hat is off. Uh, I do want to take a minute. I mean, we just mentioned Bitcoin and, and maybe this isn't the best time to, to kind of talk about it because this is raising sort of a, a what could be perceived as a red flag. Uh, with Bitcoin. Mm. But 
I want to talk about the Coinbase thing for a yeah. second, okay? And and I've got the story here from Motherboard. This is actually sent in from a listener, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get to it. And it's IRS demands identities of all U.S. Coinbase traders over a three-year period. And I'll just read briefly here. In Bitcoin-related investigations, uh, authorities will often follow the digital trail of an illegal transaction or suspicious user back to a specific amount uh, or a specific account at a Bitcoin trading company. From here, investigators will likely subpoena the company for records about that particular users so they can properly identify the person suspected of the crime. The IRS, however, has taken a different approach. Instead of asking for data relating to specific individuals a suspect of a crime, it has demanded Bitcoin trading site Coinbase to provide the identities of all of the firm's U.S. customers who made transactions over a three-year period because there is a chance they are avoiding paying taxes on their Bitcoin reserves. Coinbase has a total of millions uh, of customers. So there's a lot of, I mean, the link will be in the show notes for this episode and people can can check it out. Uh, Coinbase has responded saying we don't want to deal with this. You know, like we like they're, they're they want they know that their clients, their customers uh, take privacy very seriously. And so, you know, they they they're not interested in handing all this information over. Now, I'm curious about uh and we're going to get into some some fun stuff after this uh but i'm I'm curious what you know what what everyone's thoughts are on this i mean i could start off and then i just kind of want to hear what you know what you people think because i had someone ask me you know should i be worried uh you know what what do i think about this and my initial thoughts are that first off like if there's any com any bitcoin company that could actually take on the government for whatever reason this would be the one that ha- that would have enough clout mm. dealing with, you know, various groups, not saying I like the groups, but, you know, Kleiner Perkins maybe or, mm. you know, whoever else that they've dealt with. Or there's the bank in the bank of Silicon Valley. I'll just call it that. And, and honestly, if you're working with them, I, th- I think you've got a lot of pull. Uh, and it's like one bank that like all of Silicon Valley works with. Yeah, Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, Silicon yeah. Valley Bank. Right. Yeah. So. So I, I don't think there there's a whole lot to sweat on this for a few reasons, okay? And and I think one major point needs to be brought up first, and that is is that if you think Coinbase is the only company that's gotten this kind of request or that has, you know, gotten whatever from, from governments or something, you're crazy. And there's almost, I almost want to put a feather in the cap of Coinbase for being the one company that's admitted it. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, I give them kudos as well. Yeah, because I can't public. Right. I mean, this is very similar to Apple. You know what Apple yep. did with the San Bernardino case where where they they admitted it, even though I Apple, I think there was a lot of marketing going on there, you know, with yeah. that. Um, but Apple, in many ways, you know, stood their ground based upon what they said that I mean, that case is to some degree still ongoing. Um, but my my take on the whole matter is that I, I think Coinbase could actually you know, come out of this on top. Um, and that, and that the, the users of Coinbase, you know, might, might be all right. Uh, you, you two are welcome to have differing opinions on this matter. Uh, but, but go ahead, uh, Stephanie, if you want to start or Paige, whoever wants to start. Yeah. I mean, I was dismayed about this news, but I can't say I was surprised. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that like I didn't have any like specific evidence of this, but I like I 
have used Coinbase, but I always thought in the back of my mind that everything I did on Coinbase was being monitored and was going to go to the government anyway. Right. And that they could just see it if they wanted to. So I I, get, I guess I always sort of treated it like that. Well, you know, that that's a great point to bring up is I think a lot of people in the space, certainly people we've talked to, have always felt that, well, if you're putting it on Coinbase, like, Somebody knows. Yeah, you might as well be dealing directly with the IRS or the government, right. you know, like I, maybe not the IRS, but at least like the NSA or like whatever other yeah. FinCEN or whatever other agencies. I mean, it's I feel like that's just kind of how you have to treat like every banking institution that mm-hmm. you deal with. It's like it's almost like don't be under the illusion that you have any privacy because you don't. Yeah. Even if they're not like specifically targeting you or looking at your records, they could at any point in time. Um, and so I, I guess, I don't know, I, I feel like you have to always sort of take that approach like and just try to, I mean, it's it's impossible to like know all the laws and like comply with them because there's just so many, yeah. you know, and they change and like, you know. Especially with Bitcoin. Yeah. Right, especially with Bitcoin. Yeah, very murky waters. You can't be expected Shifting to sands. like be your own accountant and like who yeah. who has money to like hire an accountant. Not, not everybody, right? Some people do and some companies do, but not everybody. So, I mean, for individuals, it's kind of like a, just a risky thing. In ge- like there's always that risk that you you will be you'll get some letter someday or something like that. You yeah. Know? Um, so I, that's why I say I wasn't surprised by this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of just assumed that it was already happening. Um, now, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, is the is Coinbase going to take the IRS to court and then the court's just going to rubber stamp it in favor of the IRS? I don't I, I think the evidence stands that that's not always, especially with Silicon Valley companies, that that doesn't always happen. Right. In fact, most of the times it seems kind of like it, it goes almost the other way when a company makes a big enough stink because mm-hmm. there's a very well, I'm getting into the realm of speculation, but I think there's a very tenuous relationship between the government and Silicon Valley. Uh, to where like there's certain points where you can only push so hard and, and then, and then something happens. Uh, you know, even Microsoft is taking a relatively impressive stand, uh, against, you know, a lot of the U S governments and that includes, I heard Bill Gates just cashed out a bunch of Microsoft stock or something like that, like 25 billion or. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I just saw it like t- on Facebook, like right now. <laughs> so, oh wow! Okay. I don't know if that's true Breaking or not. Breaking news. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'll have to I, look into that. I don't know. Don't take my word for it. Like maybe look it up. But like, yeah, if that's the case, then if they're if they are putting pressure on Microsoft, you've talked about Bill Gates before and speculated that you know somebody got well, to him at some story. point. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I guess I agree with you, Brian. Like, kind of, I'm glad that Coinbase is not just like oh, yes, here you go. You know, mm-hmm. here's all our customers' information. And like, it's millions of people. It's already, a, we already know there's a huge dragnet going on because of those those um, Bank Secrecy Act reports, right. the, the the suspicious activity reports, yes, so-called, yep. which is like, they can, they can be triggered by like almost literally anything. Mm-hmm. If they think you're putting in more than, putting in or taking out more than $10,000, yeah. if they think you're taking out like 9900 to avoid mm-hmm. filing a report, they have to file a report. Like mm-hmm. So it's like literally anything. And they get millions of these things per day. FinCEN gets millions of them per day. Yeah. I think it's on the order of millions per, at least per week or per month. I mean, there's just a lot of them that get filed. Most of them, I don't know, they probably never go anywhere. But if they were actively targeting you in some kind of investigation, they could like bring up all the records, I suppose. You know, so um, 
what was I trying to say with that? Like, I, I guess I figured the same thing was happening with Coinbase and there's probably... That it was, this yeah. whole time it was already all going on. Yeah, that like any Bitcoin transaction would be a suspicious thing in their eyes. So yeah. like, um, I'm kind of surprised that Coinbase actually got this far. You know what I mean? Like Coinbase was always sort of... They were trying to toe this really fine line between between having the PR that would like sort of attract, that would let paranoid libertarian Bitcoin users feel comfortable using their service, right? Mm -hmm. And giving them their data and sort of trusting them with that, that they weren't going to just kind of hand it over to the government, but also like looking like they were complying with all the regulations and like they weren't trying to encourage like crime to happen. So they had this very difficult like PR like situation to to traverse, you know, yeah. and I think they've managed to sort of do it so far. I mean, they have actually. I know I've seen like a bunch of Reddit posts from people saying like, "Oh, Coin Coinbase just shut down my account without any explanation," or they claim that that they were monitoring the Bitcoin address and I used it to buy marijuana or something, and then they shut down my account. Which mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of those reports, but I guess it didn't happen to enough people where where they they stopped growing their user base because they have millions of people that have signed up for it. Um, So, yeah, I I, I guess good for them for not just, like, giving the government, like, anything it wants. But at the same time, I also think, like, if they did do that, if they did just hand over all their data to the IRS, probably some of the people at Coinbase and their friends – would come under fire, like in their companies would come under fire because then they'd be targeting every Bitcoin company. They'd be targeting every person who works at a Bitcoin company who gets paid in Bitcoin. They'd be targeting everybody that's their friend that they've introduced to Bitcoin. And they don't want to like bring that shit upon their friends and family. So, you know, um, I I guess I could understand like why they would want to fight it too. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know exactly. What what was the original question? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure oh, out. Oh, I was just curious what you, I mean, I think you raised great points. Yeah. I was just curious, like, you know, your your overall thoughts on this. I mean, the original question was, did they have anything to worry about? Um, I mean, you can just give that a yes or a no. Did who have anything to worry about? Like, this, this emailer. Oh, does the emailer have something to worry about? Yeah. Um, yes, I do think they have something to worry about, but I think we all have something to worry about whenever we deal with any kind of bank. Okay. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, maybe right. Coinbase is a little extra to worry about because well, you're part of a smaller pool of people. Mm-hmm. Like you're part of a, a pool of a, a couple million people instead of hundreds of millions of people that use Bank of America or Chase or whatever. Right. But um, so maybe like you're it, the the chances that you specifically could be targeted would be increased. But I I think like if you weren't thinking of Coinbase all along as something that you have to kind of deal with carefully and that could potentially be subject to legal scrutiny or whatever then you know you you should take that attitude to towards any bank basically yeah fair no i well that's great advice all the way around uh and and this and that actually bolsters you know the, the importance of financial security and uh you know financial privacy and all that right uh so Paige, Paige, did you have anything you wanted to yeah what, what do you got what do you think well i was just actually wondering about this this article is this um, the one that when is this article from? This one's from Motherboard. Let me uh, let me just what pull date? it up real quick. Just out and... of curiosity, because I think I read something more recently. So this is November eighteenth. What what's today? Today is the thirty. No, or, or, or sorry, December we're in 3rd. December, right? It's oh December yeah, 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, time. So yeah. Um, so I think I actually read a re- more recent update about that um, the IRS got a warrant from 
uh, so like it's not up to Coinbase anymore. Like the IRS oh, got a warrant. So now from they a have court. a warrant. Yeah. So now it's like to see everybody's transactions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think oh, from the years 2014 and 2015. Okay. I don't think they included 2013 in that though. Okay. So so it got a little more specified. Yes. Now, which is interesting because 2014 was when it crashed, right? Uh, oh, was that the, the price? So, yeah. Right, right, right. So if you have like, like. It's not like you're you were making a lot you of money holding money in yeah. fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think I mean, even with that with that information, like yeah. the, all the points made, still totally you know valid and I mean and worth bringing up. But now that raises something interesting. And if you have more to say, Paige, I want to get to it. Um, but I I anytime something like this happens, I cannot help but feel there are very specific people that they're going after. I agree. Yeah, and and they need the net. They they're going after dolphins, but they know they got to grab some tuna, even though they're not going to eat the tuna. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, like I think there's super specific people that they are going after, and it's probably and it and with Bitcoin, the way Bitcoin works, I think you have to. Or I'm not saying it's a right, it's the right thing. Of course it isn't. Okay, but you you have to do that dragnet kind of style yeah. to be able to pinpoint even maybe one person yeah. that you're going after. Yeah. You've got to grab everybody to get that dolphin. It might not even be the one person. It might be the the values. Like they're seeing huge amounts of money being moved in Bitcoin. Right. And they're not they're not going for the people that are, you know, buying a thousand dollars on Coinbase. They're going for the people that are super verified, can go up to like, you know, tens, twenty thousand that they're buying. And to want to research the Willy Bot crash, that raises a mm, whole other element. Yeah. Because what if this is all about Carpellis? Like what if this is all about uh, you know, empty Gox, right? Or Mount Gox, whatever you want to call it. Like, what if that's what this is really about? I can't, I mean, that's my my end opinion on it, is I agree, Stephanie, take all the steps that you talked about and everything, but I, I really can't help but feel that when you see things like this, I mean, even though it hasn't happened with necessarily with Bitcoin, perhaps, other than the fact that it probably hasn't just nobody ever told, the Bitcoin companies ever told you, like I said earlier. Um, these things happen in the financial world, and usually they are going after a very specific target. I mean, usually super specific. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would agree with that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you have any other thoughts on, on the whole mm, thing? No, I think uh, I was a little, I guess I was a little worried, but <laughs> we talked about it. I feel better. Right <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay. So listener, feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, that's, that's just, that's my I take. Mean, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, just don't like, maybe if you're really, re if you were one person that was transacting a lot on Coinbase, a lot of value. Like a lot. And not filing, then uh, maybe uh I mean you're cover, talking in like, thousands, talk to an and accountant. thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, like five, six digits. Maybe you might want to talk yeah. to a lawyer or an accountant. Mm -hmm. But uh you know, if you're just buying a few thousand over months, you know, I don't know. It yeah. And 2013 seem... not being included, that's interesting. Yes, that because that's yeah. when the price went up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, all right. Well, I think I would I would fact check that my right. statement about that, but this is I'm pretty sure I read this article like yesterday or the day before. Okay. So, yeah, so definitely update the research on it. This is something to Maybe keep in mind. Maybe you can add on. a link to yeah, the, I will, the look up the Yep, I will make a new article. A, right, I'll find a new article and I will put it in the show notes so everybody could check cool. on it. So this is uh, the, the joy of, of live radio. Or Well, it's not exactly live, but <laughs> it's recorded like it's live. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I, wasn't, I didn't mean the sneeze if people heard the sneeze. I was talking about you know the fact that we don't have all the facts like right at our fingertips here. So anyway, um, 
Okay, I'm going to take a second to uh, to get to another sponsor quick, and then we're going to move on to some other stuff. And what I want to tell you about is that, boy, if you do want to spend some Bitcoin, and because you still should, like using Bitcoin, it's still a wonderful you know tool. Just just do it right. But if you want to deal with a company that really does it right and is actually activist focused, um, and they understand everything that we're talking about in this whole episode, that's why they're a sponsor of Sovereign Tech. Okay, and if you need some web hosting. And not just that, if you want to deal not just with great, you know, uh, uh, freedom money, I don't want to just say free money because that sounds ridiculous, uh, but freedom money like Bitcoin, okay, or you want it, but you want to deal in it, say, in a more free market, this company also will help you get up, get set up with the best open bazaar, uh, which that's about one of the freest markets out, out there in the world, the best open bazaar experience you could possibly have, especially if you want to start an open bazaar business. What I want you to check out is agoristhosting.com. Okay, agoristhosting.com. They're phenomenal. These guys are are great. I know the team. They're just great people. Uh, and they, I mean, if you now you might look at the prices and go, well, that's a little higher than what I'm used to. But you got to understand the amount of customer service, the the uh, the personal touch that these guys bring to anybody that that comes on as a web host, uh, or if you want to run your open bazaar business on there, you cannot beat it. You cannot match these guys. And they, like I said, they get it. I mean, they're not just activist focused. Anybody should be dealing with them. Kind of like what we're talking about. You know, no matter what you're doing, you want to secure things up. These guys understand that. And they're totally on board with that. And they, you know, from the back end to the front end of this business, they are concerned with cryptocurrencies. They're concerned about Bitcoin. You know, they, I mean, they just, they do amazing work and they're powering so much of, you know, if you're involved in the Liberty movement, anarchism and all that, believe me, they, they are powering a lot of that. Uh, you know, they're the back end of much of this. They're the backbone uh, of a lot of the online presence for all of this. I mean, they're just, they're wonderful. So agoristhosting.com. That's who you want to check out. They are worth it. And believe me that, you know, we talked about Bitcoin preferred businesses. They are Bitcoin preferred and they know why you want to use Bitcoin. They understand, they understand you. So if you want a great web host, or if you want to start an open bazaar business, they offer both of these options. And the open bazaar end of things is like, I mean, very unique in my opinion. You want to go with agoristhosting.com and we cannot thank them enough for supporting Sovereign Tech. And in case you don't know how to spell agorist, it's agorist. So it's A-G-O-R-I-S-T. Yes. Yeah, which, of course, Agora... Some people say it agorist, and it sounds like A-G-G-E-R-I-S-T. Ah, you know, right. like, but yes. it's Agora, like the Agora, the market. You know, yeah. it's Agorist, yeah. Thank you for that. I'm going to... Maybe I'll start pronouncing it that way. That's, that's, that's a maybe, good idea. Maybe, but I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> if you go to the website, if you go to any of the Sovereign Tech websites, uh, there's, you know, the list of sponsors is always there, and it's in the show notes for every episode. So uh, so you can find the spelling there if, you know, worse to worse. But uh, yeah, thank you again for uh, sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Now, Let's let's shake it up. What do we got here? Yeah, we got some time. And even if this one runs a, a few minutes longer, I think we'll be all right. Um, we <laughs> so I reviewed a show. Uh, let, let's get into some entertainment. Let's have a little fun with this. OK, and then we'll, we'll see where it takes us from there. Um, I reviewed a show called Startup. And we've been talking blockchain, Bitcoin and all that this whole episode. So why stop now? Um, and, and this show is on Crackle. Um, and the show is all about a, uh, well, a cryptocurrency that this, this young woman develops. And in, in this show, it's, you know, it's not just like trying to create a fictionalized creation of Bitcoin, uh, because they mention Bitcoin in the show. Like they, like they say, oh, this is like Bitcoin and the coin in the show is called Gen coin. Um, 
And and we've all watched it here. Everybody here is. Yeah, seen the I show. watched it on your recommendation from the show. Right. So appreciate Which, the recommendation. Absolutely. What what I appreciate is having such an amazing audience, such a lovely audience of people that actually listen to the show. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so. Okay, so so we've all seen this, the, the show Startup. Now, I was, you know, my take on it, and I'll be very brief. My take on it was that it it was good, but it didn't focus enough on the technology, in my opinion, to differentiate it from any other kind of crime drama. Uh, and so it sort of played out like if you've watched, you know, any season of like NYPD Blue or something, I feel like, you, you know, it could all just be transposed onto the show. Yeah. That was sort of my take. I mean, what yeah. did, what did you think? Paige? I kind of agree with that sentiment. Um, it, yeah, it didn't really like the whole, like including a Bitcoin, um, or, you know, blockchain cryptocurrency in it was like kind of interesting, but it wasn't like, it w- it wasn't really the focus. It felt like an afterthought. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like a, a like device. how do we get like you know how do we get a bunch of people to be interested in this like something a little more unique than right like, yeah yeah but so kind of it felt like a gimmick like like this is how yeah, we hook bit. people into the show yeah. even though maybe it's not the most original thing on planet Earth yeah now Stephanie yeah. what what were your thoughts um I love the acting from one of the actors and characters in particular which I think Paige also liked the guy who played um Ronald Dacey the the uh oh, Haitian right, the, guy. The Haitian. Yeah, 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 the um, Haitian guy. Yep. yep, and like I just thought he was awesome and he kind of like stole the show. I liked how they characterized like the characters were really good to me. That was probably my favorite part of it. Like down to that the the what's his name? Um Zach or the the white guy that's like you know working at the yeah, VC the guy firm, bro. the bro, yeah, the bro, yeah, the, the bro. <laughs> and his and his girlfriend, like his millennial girlfriend, like they were just so like right on those characters. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they were just really good. So, um, yeah, I I liked it. Um, I I guess I was expecting maybe a little more of a subversive angle of like kind of promoting cryptocurrency, but they weren't. It was like Gen Coin is supposed to be like better than bitcoin but they don't explain why, why? except right. that it's like it's closed source yeah, which i would say it doesn't I'd, make it yeah, better <laughs> yeah it's proprietary it's a proprietary uh blockchain so i mean i guess like with that like whole startup uh mentality having proprietary code is kind of seen as like a an asset um a lot or of like startup, getting funding and stuff like that. Right, a lot so. of startups will do that at first, and then they'll open source it. Because a lot right? of the show was them trying to get money. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's I think maybe that's why they were pitching it as better because like it's proprietary and like no one can pwn it. But that's like I don't know. That's a really flawed view of security. Like sure. saying because you're hiding something, it's gonna be like secure. Right. I loved how they were making fun of startups at like at the point where they got that office and they were trying to sort of fake it till they make it. Yeah. And they got yeah. the office and they got they hired the intern yeah. that yeah. they didn't pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of the, the, the like the uh, the stereotypical ditzy intern. And yeah, yeah, that was that was something. So, OK. So, yeah. So I think we'd all give the show a, a thumbs up. Yeah, it was it was definitely entertaining. I watched the whole season because I like wanted to see what was happening next. So yeah, it was good. But okay. but <laughs> well, I want to get into that. But Stephanie, you'd agree with? I mean, you enjoyed it. You you really I liked did. It. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I and, wanted to keep watching it. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to get a second season. I, I haven't seen any, any. I don't. I have a bad feeling that we're not. Yeah, especially because Crackle is such like an upstart network. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's trying to be Netflix or Hulu yeah. and it's just not. Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of problematic. And, and you know, the production level on the show is actually really good. Yeah. I mean, they, they had to spend a bit of money on it. Yeah. It so, was really good. yeah. So that, that's a bit of a gamble on their part. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I think what could have made the show better was concentrate more on the technology. The example I always give is like, look, when it comes to like Star Trek, which is perhaps the ultimate expression of technology on television, um, you know, the Enterprise is as, is as loved as any character. So, you know, you, you can make the technology a centerpiece of a show and people will get it and they'll stick to it. And, and it becomes almost the symbol of the show instead of the people. So, you know, go, go you ahead. Remember Paige. that was it? It was Star Trek, right? That um, Thomas Hunt made those um, video YouTube videos of just the ships. Oh, yeah. Or was that yeah. Star Wars? No, no, no. That was no. Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, that was that was Thomas yeah, Hunt of, uh, you know, the world. Mad Bitcoins. Yeah, Mad Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. You know, he I, I feel so bad. I've wanted to work with him on a show and I just it's a totally my fault. I haven't had the time because he wanted to come on and we were just going to talk Star Trek the whole time. And I was like, absolutely. I'll do an episode. Where yeah, we talk he Star would Trek. be really good. Yeah, he's that. a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you yeah. haven't seen those videos, they're actually really cool. It's just like yeah. all of the. Sh- I think it's from movies. Maybe the Star Trek. He movies. just did the movies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all the ship scenes, and, and yeah. that's the, and it's still so engaging, which proves the point yeah. is that look, the technology exactly. can be the centerpiece of the day. I'm glad you brought that up, Paige. Right on. Uh, and any time to mention, you know, good people, I'm, I'm game for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now here's the thing: is that I made a statement, and this is where Paige, you know, suddenly, you know hops on signal and says, what, what the fuck are you talking about? No, <laughs> it didn't go like that. But anyway, uh, and that was, I said, I was like, okay, so startup wasn't like great. It was very good, but it's still, it, it's certainly better than Mr. Robot. That was the statement I made. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> and then Paige is like, what, what are you talking about? Now, Stephanie, unfortunately, hasn't I have not seen, seen Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot because Brian, you, you could have showed it to me, I guess, but you never you never suggested we well, watch it. I'm you kinda, watched it by yourself, and you left me out of it. Well, I, <laughs> so okay. I, I don't know if I want to. I want to get into the reasons why perhaps that was, but <laughs> oh no, no. There's nothing. It's nothing nefarious. It, you, are you going to blame me for it? No, 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 no. Okay, so so here's the thing. Here, here's something I've learned. I'm not blaming you for anything whatsoever. Okay, so here's here's something I feel I've learned. Oh, she's giving me the sweet face. She, <laughs> Here's something I've learned about Stephanie is that like, I think if, if a show is a slow build and there's nothing wrong with this. Okay. If a show is like a really slow build, like if it's not like hitting you from the, from the get go, which admittedly, like, I think it was the end of the first episode of, of Mr. Robot, which spoiler alert, folks, he jumps off the side of a pier. Like that definitely hooks you or not, not a pier, but uh, like off the side of a building or something, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but like it, I feel like Stephanie that, and correct me if I'm wrong. Like if, if you think I'm, I'm totally wrong in thinking this, um, like if, if it doesn't like have like a really great hook or like not, not action, but like, I don't know, some like high drama or something like starting out, if it's like a slow thing, I, I, I don't want to waste your time. Like, I feel like, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't want to stick but with it. But there's a hole in that theory because tell me the whole you're, you're very fond of showing me shows that you like, even when they have a slow build. Yeah, but I, like Stargate or Babylon Five. Right, but I yeah, exactly. But I, but I know that those shows like get better. Like I know that the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, but you know that Mr. Robot gets better. But you didn't. It, yeah, but it bother doesn't. It gets worse. It it's the problem. It gets worse. Like disagreed. I, yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with 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 how you like your entertainment. I, it's not it's not a knock at all. I just like I, I felt like the show just. 
I don't know. You know, for me, and I and I just I talked about it when the first season came out. I never watched any of the second season. Um, it, but I, you know, I'll just like. I have I have no problem whatsoever with with like drugs, but I just felt like the show just kind of like went super, super trippy and it lost kind of like kind of like startup where it lost sight of the technology. That's what got me at first. OK, I mean, I don't mind the trippy stuff either. You, you know that that can work. I mean, you think of like Fight Club or something where, well, I don't know if I want to give the ultimate spoiler away of, of Mr. Robot if nobody's ever watched it. But, um, you know, I, I, I can dig that. But. Yeah, what was initially what everybody was recommending it to me for faded away after like episode six of the first season, I felt like, whereas like, oh, this is really cool. It's actually showing you how to hack. It's actually showing you how to do all these different things. And it's like, it's really, you know, it's very realistic on all that. Mm. Um, So Paige, I'll ask you, I mean, what what did you like about it? I liked it for it's kind of like, especially in the second season, which I know you haven't seen yet. Yeah, Um, you can you can spoil away, but I, I don't I don't. I don't really have like much to spoil. I just like in terms of like how it was crafted and how different each episode is like you, you really just don't know what's going to happen next. Uh So I really like that about at least specifically the second season, like the second season is so out there in so many different directions, kind of playing off of this, um, you know, uh, the, the main character having, having a lot of like, he has personality uh, disorders. He does have personality. <laughs> yeah. We won't we won't talk too much about it in yeah. case you haven't seen it. But like, um, yeah, and like the second season just like takes that to the next level, which like it it draw it brings you into his personality disorder, so you don't even know what's right and or accurate about the the scene that you're watching. Right, like, what's you're the second reality? guessing yourself, and um, sometimes that goes on for a few episodes. So like you're just like at the end of like four episodes you're like whoa i have to remember the last four episodes and be like whoa that like that whole thing was completely different than what i thought so i really like the way that the director kind of makes it you know just like keeps it keeps it exciting um i think i also really i like the characters a lot and um like and i think i you know maybe by the I can't quite remember maybe by the end of the first season they stopped showing a lot of the tech but like that picks up again like it's not it's not like um, okay because I was under the impression in the second mm. season like it wasn't even really there hmm. like like that so so here's the here's what the other part that I liked about it like I love the whole fuck society well yeah <laughs> that's kind of a joke in the show F society yeah, right yeah uh, but <laughs> but I I love the whole the whole you know screw all, like some of the, the the little inner dialogues that Elliot the main character has yeah. are brilliant like where he's they talking are. about Facebook and everything yeah. he's so right and yeah. and it's like it's amazing to hear that on on any kind of television especially on a show that's on USA um and I loved that. I feel like that kind of went away and sort of like there's this narrative of that work. comes back in the second season a lot. Okay. All right. So so uh, in in the very first 30 seconds and so I I can't imagine this is a spoiler. In the very first 30 seconds it sounds like like the the hint that I got was that this show was going to be about going after like in almost the real sense the Illuminati. Like we're mm. going to go after yeah. the biggest the people that are controlling everything. Yeah. And even that kind of went away. Like hmm. I don't I don't want to give much away but but I I feel like I feel like that that whole kind of is that in the second season like are you still getting more of this like we're we're going to bring down the powers that be like i mean well the second season is like the aftermath 
right? Because that. because the first at the end of the first season, and and even that, like you don't really get it. Like I don't I don't know. I didn't feel you like see, there was a payoff. You you see you it. see it a lot in the site because the whole second season is like living with the fact that they did this and like right. you know f- f- like now there's people looking for them and now there's like there's other characters involved because there's now their in- investigations around mm-hmm. it so it kind of turns this whole new direction which is really uh allows for um allows just like i think the director to explore different characters and like different ways to express himself like the art i think the artistic quality is one of my favorite things like each sure. episode is really diverse. Definitely artsy. Yeah. 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 And I like maybe I'm biased because I'm like an art nerd, but um Nothing. yeah, that's cool. It's I really appreciate the uniqueness of Mr. Robot compared to other mainstream TV shows. I don't watch TV right. shows really other than so, like Cartoon Network when I'm stoned or something. <laughs> like that's really all I do. Yeah. Um so like from that kind of perspective, I I just like was really drawn to it and like kind of like talking about the drug thing. Like I understand where you're coming from and like the whole maybe like stereotyping hackers. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You just hit it. Yeah. I but- know what you mean, but there is like, I would say there is an issue in hacker community. Like not everyone's like. As stable as you are, (laughs) like thank you. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot of um, hackers that are depressed and lonely because they are really smart, but they just suck at talking to people. And like, there's this whole culture of you know just slipping into drug use that I think is um, maybe more prevalent than than we see in the public. You know, that's actually, in, in all seriousness, that, and, and I empathize with that. And there's a, that's a subject I'd actually love to have you on again in the future yeah, to talk about. Let's, yeah, uh, let's do like that. The, that. That's something, that's a conversation that needs to be had. So, yeah. But that is something that came up from, in fact, like the person that recommended it to me, or n- not directly, but I listened to his show, is one of my personal heroes, Steve Gibson of mm-hmm. uh, Security Now. He recommended it, and he even brought up the point, which you just made. He says, like, look, he's like, could, could people stop saying that hackers are these, like, you know, oddballs and and I, I mean, I use those terms with respect because I've been certainly called that plenty in my life, uh, you know, weirdos or whatever else or, you know, you drug, blah, blah, blah. Um, and and so, yeah, that that's kind of the camp that I fell into. It's like, oh, can we stop this? It's like, you know, some, some like we are normal or some of us or whatever are, are a little more normal. I don't yeah. know how to describe that. It, there is like, yeah, there is like um, maybe a stereotype that the this Mr. Robot is kind of pushing, but like. It enables the character. It enables yeah. specifically. It works for the character and Elliot, it works, right? And it works for the you know the, the story for yes. the drama. To, yeah, you know. To, to, so to I, because of that, I don't have an issue. I do see like maybe the generalization problem that comes so, along with it, though. Yeah. No. Fair. All right. So two questions. One is is that um, what you know like a couple sentences. What do you think makes it better than what? Why did you like it more than startup? And then the second question will be. If you were to sell the show to Stephanie, Mr. Robot, like, why should she watch it? You know, g- give her, like, the quick pitch on how to do that. But but, but let's do the first question, okay. which is, why is it better than Startup? Uh, I just like different, like, I think Startup was just a little too, like, mainstream for yep. me. I think that's just really what it comes down to. Sure. 
Um, I know you you said you liked like all the sex that happened in it. Well, yeah, you know, but I, that died out, right? No, that I, was that I was only know. in the I, beginning. That was like the hook no. to get you. Uh, uh, well, uh, I, so, so the first episode they did it like four times, yes. and they never did that again. <laughs> yeah. But I think they did. They still had one sex scene. In they each had a step. sex scene near the ends. Yeah, um, maybe it did die out, but it did die out. It was definitely a lot more. In the first like, three or four episodes. That's great. You really did listen. <laughs> you know me so well. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, Mr. Robot has almost zilch as far as sex. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just shy. Like, I mean, yeah. there's, there's like hookers that are or characters that are sex workers yeah. and all that. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So, so yeah. So, so two main startup, two mainstream. That That's what makes it the yeah. inferior product. Yeah. And I guess just like as a pitch, I think it. Mr. Robot is just like a complete like I haven't seen a TV show like it before uh-huh. and it just makes like it's fun to see actual tools that I use being used by people in this show and like I w- maybe it's di- it dies out a little bit but it's not like they still are texting with each other and stuff mm-hmm. throughout the show so you keep seeing instances of actual tools and like um and uh it's just like it's just unique in in its production and i think the characters are real really unique like elliot i think he's like him as an actor he's just like well he already took an emmy didn't he i i i, I get maybe yeah, I, I don't he know he took an emmy I, he's I, just like oh yeah he's ha- he himself is like a different type of actor i mm-hmm. think he did a lot of like children's acting and stuff before Oof. so it's like a completely <laughs> 180 but like He's just like, a, you know, like he didn't, the, the director didn't choose these like standard, you know, cookie cutter actors. For Definitely it. didn't go with the Hollywood handsome. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Stephanie, what do you think? I mean, are you sold? I was sold before Paige started talking. I just wanted to watch it because you never showed it. To all, me. all right. All <laughs> I right. I wanted to see it. Okay. We'll, we'll watch it. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to it before because we're in SG1 right now. And that goes 10 seasons. Then there's two sequel shows. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll watch it ahead of that. Yeah. But SG1's fucking great of course you're not stephanie you're not that impressed with stargate sg1 so far right uh it's, a, it's been a rough start getting into it it's, it's no a tough star first Trek, season. let's just put it that way what is right <laughs> i think Paige would even agree with that what is so you, you actually you know what you mentioned thomas hunt he's the other person that agrees with me on about mr robot like on every on yeah, all, all my critiques he would yeah <laughs> we were talking i think it was we were in vegas or whatever we were at some conference and talking and he's like yeah he says exactly he's like the show like after like half season it just kind of, he felt it went off but Paige loves it so if you haven't watched mr robot uh folks i certainly recommend that you do download uh, it yeah, whoa uh, <laughs> so uh and 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 stephanie maybe we'll get the we'll, we'll get to it uh, that'll actually i think about. it's actually legally available on to watch on usa usa yeah, maybe yeah. not the second season yet right so but definitely the first season yeah a lot of that that's interesting that a lot of networks are jumping on that to yeah, where it's nice. yeah 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 absolutely so all right we are at exactly the two hour mark and the time is 150 but do we are we open to 10 more minutes how about you yeah are you open to that okay so this is just going to be a little bonus i want to have a little fun with this all right so because i am sitting with two actors two actresses voice actresses Mm -hmm. of 
the Sovereign Tech Universe, or the Sovereign Universe, I think is what Stephanie specifically called it. And recently, of course, we did another entry into that, 199C, The Red Hope, or Soviet Tech 2, The Red Hope, which was just lots and lots of fun. And I would... So I, I would love to hear Paige's take on the episode, kind of your, your, you know, your mini review. And actually, Stephanie, I'd love to hear your mini review as well. And then maybe, maybe like just hint at perhaps like where maybe this could go. I, I think people would be interested to hear that. So, folks, the, in many ways, the tech is over. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, I, you know, a lot of people really love the show or love that episode in particular. So I, I think this would be fun to, fun to talk about. So, uh, Paige, if you want to start off, like, like, I mean, give me like a mini review. Like you were a part of it. Did, I mean, you you didn't have the full script when when you no. read that. You yep. just had your few lines and yep. maybe a little bit of context yep. of what the story was going to be. Um, so when you heard the final product, I mean, like, what did you think? And I'm, I'm not here just to like hear, oh, Brian's great or something. <laughs> I like I, I, you know, this is for the future. So, yeah, I, w- I mean, I was really excited to hear uh, the addition uh, of two other voices. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of uh, brought it to the next level compared to the previous episode. Yeah. Um, and like the previous intros, um, bumpers and stuff yep. like because it is kind of an extension of all of the um yeah, there's a lot of story. It's like a huge one. Yeah, it's like a universe, as Stephanie mentioned. So um, I think like I think it's really fun that you're building off of that this concept and just kind of running with it. Um, I personally had a great time reading the the scripts and like <laughs> making <laughs> certain noises. <laughs> Zcash had his off. Folks. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Of course, um, but. Yeah, I I always have a great time recording. I mean, I don't. Um, and I liked. I, I particularly really liked. I already told you this. The the effect of um, Pixel's voice in this new version, right. like uh, going more with the android uh, personality. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that was really fitting. Um, and and I also note something else. I noticed was a lot of like a lot of sound effects like in the background like you clearly paid a lot of attention to background oh, it took sounds. Forever. Yeah. yeah it was crazy. I can imagine that was probably <laughs> yeah. the longest part. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was madness. Yeah. 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 And like the fight and like the, you know, the end scene, the climax scene um of uh all of it going down. Yeah. Um that was a lot of very intricate sounds in there. Um so overall I give it 10 out of 10. Hell yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> I would do it again anytime. That was going to be and, my next question. Is yeah. Can Pixel return? I mean, Pixel's like, here whenever you need her. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Stephanie, I mean, you know, mini review. Like, what, what did you think? You had to do four of the characters. Uh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, so first of all, 10 out of 10 would do it again. Nice, um, <laughs> especially if Paige and MK and Ellen are involved yeah. in it too. Ooh, that because that I thought be so fun. Yeah, that was it. Was really fun to to have all the lines and voices put together. I thought the writing was awesome, Brian. Thank you. Like mm-hmm. you did a really good job, like writing a cool story and like turning it into an audio theater that rivals like the War of the Worlds or like any of the classic mm-hmm. ones. <laughs> Thank I you. mean, it was just really cool to have all the voices together. Um, it was kind of a challenge, like making, I will say like those characters. So those four characters that I played, which was um, starting off with Natalia was the first one. Elizabeth was the second one. Um, Jane Smith was the third. And yep. then um, Hadley was the fourth. Correct. 
And then I also played myself, so there were five characters. Oh, it was actually five. Yeah, yeah. so it was I actually... I forgot about Hadley, because Hadley is in the beginning. Yeah, Hadley yeah, yeah. was in it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there were actually five different voices, and I definitely fell back on... Um, doing these kind of like very stereotypical cartoonish accents to differentiate the characters. (laughs) But I mean, I think it worked for the, for the cheesy kind of play that it was, you know, it's it's an audio drama. So you have to put a lot of things over the top. Yeah. To a certain extent, it is like overacting a little bit, but, um, yeah, so I I think like I if I were to critique myself, I would have maybe tried to make those accents like a little more authentic and also like um maybe vary this the pitch and speed of my voice a little more and just like the the um just other things about the voice like see cuz this is what I do, you know, cuz I do a You're lot a, of, a lot of audiobooks, yeah, and I do a lot of character voices and it's like, you know, it's kind of like a no-no to just do these like cartoonish accents and like you, there's a lot of different ways you can differentiate voices without having it sound cartoonish or without sounding stereotypical. That's the other concern. But, I mean, whatever. I think it worked for what it was, you know. And um, it was really fun to make up those characters. And I think you actually also did a great job of writing the script so that, like, it was in each character's voice. Like, you know... Elizabeth was very like kind of no nonsense like she always was and like Jane Smith was like her typical clueless self like (laughs) just asking the dumbest questions and like everybody had to like sort of hold her hand through it because she's so fucking clueless and it was just she's like one of my favorite characters I really like Jane Smith yeah um (laughs) I came up with the character of Jane Smith You did. Yeah, you uh-huh. you really did like that that whole the whole shtick. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I loved um, you know, and I love Natalia too. She's like she's kind of this like Russian like femme fatale and she's kind of like dangerous and deadly <laughs> I and I think she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the the four. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> and it was perfect to have the other Russia like Valencia was in there. Yep. That was perfect to have the addition of of her in there. Um, yeah, so I mean, I really like all I really like all the characters and then the way you made them like interact act was awesome because they they just like they really kind of came to life in in more than just you know they didn't have much chance before because it was just in the dialogue between the segments so it was like a limited opportunity to characterize them right but in that story which was a little bit longer they really sort of developed their own personalities a little bit more so that was that was what i liked about it i always like the characters best in each story yeah. like anytime i read a story the characters really make it for me in the plot so um, I thought you did a great job with that. I know how hard you worked on it. Like, literally, folks, I wish I could have been on the making special, but Brian was, I shit you not, like, glued, his ass was glued to the chair in front of his computer for about five days when he was making this. And, I mean, you know, we all misunderestimate to use a George Bushism our long projects but Brian totally miscalculated and he thought he could finish it in like one afternoon no 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 no. it took the better part of a week and (laughs) and he still had all of his other work to do on top of that so it was like a huge endeavor and just a ton of production all during that five-day period he was getting me like every few hours and like hey could you record some lines could you record it on this microphone could you do it on the headset could you do it downstairs in the basement so (laughs) it was really it was really involved and um you did a brian you also did a great job of using what you had like you worked with the you really in the script you worked with the um you worked with what you had available. Mm-hmm. So you worked with the different microphones that we have. Yep. Like all the lines that were in the helicopter were recorded on your little headset. Right. Which is 
on its own, it just sounds like it's a crappy microphone, but you actually work that into, okay, we're, it's not just a crappy microphone. We're in an airplane. Right. It's in a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in a helmet. So I really liked how you sort of use those natural, um, like qualities of the different microphones and stuff to, to, um, create the story you weaved it into the story sure yeah hardware tricks and software tricks yeah that's that's really what it came down to yeah that was super cool and i think you learned about audacity and production too i mean like well you taught me everything i know so i did yeah Uh, i showed you a couple of new things like the reverb for this one um we learned a couple of new sound effects but i mean brian is is you know as good as any at audio production now he's like you know he's been doing it for what like Four years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's been four Since years Since you now. started Sovereign Tech. So, yeah. So, um, just congratulations, Brian. I think that's, I think you did a great job. Um, if, it, if that was a once a year thing, I think it would be cool. Well, I'll tell you, it will be at least once a year. Okay. Like that, that's, I'd love to do more. In fact, honestly, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I would, I wouldn't mind having one for like, like a New Year's or, or Christmas, like, but a short one, 15 minutes, not mm-hmm. two hours. There's just no fucking way I'm going to go through <laughs> that again. Not now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I mean, like, like I, I wanted to hear that, uh, you know, certainly and I wanted the listeners, you know, to kind of know from the voice actors themselves, like, how did they feel about it? How did they feel about the turnout and all this? And it actually kind of leads me to a quick question and we'll, we will wrap this up. Um, but, one of the critiques that I get, it actually, I get it with just about everything I do, not 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 just like this episode, but a lot of people really, or I, I do get Too complaints. Sexy? Yep, they, I get complaints I knew you about the eroticism. It. Oh my god, I, I, I get, I, I do get complaints about that. Now I've gotten complaints about that shit for years, and I ignore it, you know, pretty much all the time. Um, so now, I mean, on on the flip end or on the flip side, there's plenty of people that I think were literally you know, getting off to this episode. Like I <laughs> actually, I, I know for a fact they, I mean, like they, they tell me uh, Well, my favorite... men and women, by the way. Oh, <laughs> so... good. Well, I was going to say my favorite was the person who emailed you and said they were blasting it at their Christian college or something yeah. wow. in their dorm room. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. There was a guy who also played it in church. He, wor- <laughs> he worked at a church and he, and he was listening to it and like, and he said, what happened was is he, he wasn't playing it in the church. He was listening to it on his MP3 device, whatever. And, um, he, he, the, the, the headphone jack, jack came yeah. out and so the 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 speaker the started playing it right out and the guy was next to him and he just kind of like uh well and it was funny. during one of the more uh you know risque scenes you know, he said <laughs> so, nice. yeah he wanted that to happen deep down yeah. i think I'm, I'm sure you don't but, put yourself in a situation where you're listening to porn at church and then oops my headphone jack fell out <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Well, the diocese could use a little sex in their life, or well, ooh, no, maybe never mind. I'm not going there. All I right, think so, so. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not going to complain about the the sexual aspect. I mean, like, I guess you could say that um, at times it is also a little. The sex is a little bit stereotypical and cartoonish mm-hmm. as well. It's designed for, but it's all. Know. It's meant to be like that. It's yeah. meant to be campy and funny and not take itself too seriously. So I think as long as you can understand that, I mean, it's just. You just enjoy it. You're not like this is not really like a political statement or anything. Right. Uh, b- people were people were um, complaining because you're like the only guy in the middle of all these lesbian oh, yeah. scenes, you know. And there's no like guy on guy action. It's it's right. pretty much just lesbian and w- maybe featuring Brian Sovereign or Brian Soviet. Um, <laughs> your alter ego. Um, and you know, 
I, to those people, I say, it's your fucking show. You're writing it. You're producing it. Yeah. You should have it the way you want. Of course, it's your fantasy James or whatever. James Bond never had a partner. What yeah. the hell are they talking about? You Who know? cares? <laughs> like, let you let you do you, you know, and and you do your alter, alter ego and my alter egos and <laughs> everybody else. And um, yeah, I mean, like, one of the reasons I like doing um, sexy audiobooks and um audio theater like this is because like it is fun to like do things in fantasies that you can't do in real life i can't go to a lesbian russian space station on mars and fuck a bunch of women in an orgy (laughs) not that i wouldn't love to do that but i can't right now it's not technologically possible we're working on it but (laughs) so it was really fun to be able to do that in the in the podcast yeah all right. No, not, well, exactly. Now, I mean, Paige, I, you know, I want to kind of ask you the same thing. I mean, like, how do you feel about the erotic content? How did, if, if you're willing to share it, like, how did you feel about, you know, kind of you know, making it and, and, and all this? I mean, like, like, what's your take on that, on that whole thing? Well, in terms of making it, I was like, you know, sitting in my room by myself. So it wasn't like super awkward. <laughs> like, I can feel like maybe if I was doing it here, I would studio. have a little, I would, start giggling or something like it would just <laughs> we can be edit little, out the giggles yeah. <laughs> um there but, were times when i cracked up when yeah. i was doing the live. <laughs> yeah it happened all right so yeah um i could see perhaps like well okay so mini anecdote was um you know talking to to Zuko about doing the show and like talking about Zcash on the show and therefore I showed the, shared the show with him and I think that episode was the first <laughs> one that he heard so or like part of it at least and so I can see why like in some situations it would be uncomfortable because I wasn't thinking when I shared that with him that that would be the top episode. Like that was the latest episode. Therefore (laughs) that was the first one that someone would listen to. Um, But other than like, like just like normal uncomfortableness, like when you watch a sex scene in a movie with like your parents are in the room or something like it's just that awkwardness that whatever, like we all experience it. Like if you don't, why, if you know someone's going to be particularly sensitive to it and don't share it with them, uh, or if you are particularly sensitive to it, you don't really, you don't have to listen to it. I yeah. mean, right. Like, uh, I didn't, I didn't mind it so much again because I, I listened to, oh, I mentioned this during sex and science hour, but not during sovereign tech, but I listened to sovereign tech when I work out. Like that's usually when I I listen to Sovereign Tech, so like it was it was fun. Like it's fun to listen to like cool stories like that when you're working out, and mm-hmm. like especially the like the sex scenes kind of like get you motivated, you know? Right, <laughs> right on. <Yeah. laughs> sex in the gym. I don't think there's a better combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, fair enough. So, all right, well, uh, how about how about I ask this? And if you don't want to answer, I'll, I'll I'll cut it out. All right, but. But what was just while we're on the subject of the sex scene, favorite favorite one of of the if you can remember favorite favorite one of of the of the episode. You had. I mean, I like the ends when the, they're the end all one. together. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think. Yeah, okay. I mean, yep. that's yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, the Jane Smith ones too. She's just like super entertaining. <laughs> Jane Natalia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I was thinking. The one where. Sovereign and Soviet go to Natalia's yeah, quarters and Jane Smith is masturbating with the pleasure bot. <laughs> yeah. And then she walks in on them having a threesome. Yeah. 
And then she asks to bring the bot in. <laughs> she joins it and she brings her bot. Yeah, I think that might be my favorite one. Yeah, All right. Really and I think she said something like, oh, my apple pie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was a point where she said that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. All right. No, c- cool. So that that... Yeah, I'm sure people love hearing that. Um, anyway, does anybody have any 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 final thoughts on the whole thing? Uh, or I think I said I was going to talk about what might come in the future. I'll just say that yeah, I do plan on doing more of these. Um, actually, I'll. Paige had some very interesting ideas, which. <laughs> Speaking speaking of oh, the, really? of the the sex part, I don't I don't know how oh, we pull yeah, that how off. That works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe we're comfortable with like dry humps or something. Like yeah. But the idea was to like maybe do a live uh, in person e- or video <laughs> uh, acting if we can get all of the characters in the same place. Well, like either like a play or like a video. That would be a big production, but it sounds fun. <laughs> I th- it would be fun to dress up too. Like yeah. that would be a, one of the biggest things for me. Was like, yeah. I okay. I want to yeah. like personify Pixel at some point and like see what she's like, like as a character, because I've only explored her a tiny bit through, you know. Yeah, through, right through yeah. the scenes you've done. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, Stephanie, what do you think? Um, I love that idea, and also it was. One of the other logistical challenges yeah. is that I have five characters. And so Paige was suggesting like it could be a running joke in like every different scene. Only one of my characters is there. And it's like, hey, where's Jane? Or where's Elizabeth? Yeah. Right. So, all right. Well, maybe one day we'll do that. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to think about that. Maybe I, I could picture like actually maybe if I said it as like a Patreon goal because yeah, and be cool. like, OK, look, if I make five thousand, we'll make this. Yeah. You know, or something yeah. like that. If, if everybody's on board, of yeah. course. And we should pro- we should not like promise that it's going to be a porn because that would be a different thing. But like it would be a play. Well, right. right. It'd be a video. A pl- yeah. I mean, the video or however it ended up working. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can get away with like sexy shots without showing anything like people yeah. do that all the time. You just show like part body parts and like things moving and right yeah. right i mean sexuality would have to be a part of it <laughs> yeah. like otherwise like i i you know i'll just admit this like i actually i really can't i can't write w- unless like that's that's like a part like i just can't i mean maybe somebody like i could write it and then somebody could just delete it after you know and maybe that'd be a great trick for me but i yeah i i just don't I think g- it's a part of the universe too though so i feel like it would yeah. be missing if it wasn't there at the right time. right so i mean sometimes i have to help brian edit his writing to make it like a little more tasteful yeah. like he'll write a yep. scene where the female character's like oh brian i want your cock stuff me with it you know <laughs> I, I hold on i don't write that i've never written that. it's pretty much that it's yeah. pretty similar and i'm like why don't you change that to like i want you so bad so it's a little more <laughs> like leaving it to the imagination <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll just That's say, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be ashamed. No, no shame here. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, okay. So <laughs> I guess I'll just say, well, we are in New Hampshire. So, you know, like most states, you can't even film anything remotely like that. Ah, you know, California right. and New Hampshire are the only two states That's where true. you can film that sort of thing so um not not saying yeah yeah definitely wouldn't promise this is yeah (laughs) no yeah no (laughs) so anyway okay that's something i'll think about of course people want to want to give me their their opinions on the matter uh yeah it'd be great to hear feedback yeah 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 let us know what you think um and i even like 
go it ahead. would have to be a pretty hefty Patreon goal because, I mean, as much as yeah. the audio production, as much work as that took, video production is a whole new freaking level. Yeah. So I've done it. Like, I did it with Hypercronius. I've done it with my video games. I've done video production, but it, oh, yeah, that is that is a whole other ball game. But I, I, yeah, I think it could be possible. I even hinted, I, I said, what would, how would people feel about novels? You know, like Sovereign Universe mm-hmm. novels with all these characters. Because, mm-hmm. like, Pixel... Like, I, I haven't even told, you know, Paige, like, a lot of what's in my head as far as what Pixel's like. I mean, but that, that it's such an enigmatic character and, like, such a powerful character that it would be cool to do whole novels on that thing. Um, or even, you know, something else. There's great comic book making software um, that, that could be used. So the, these these things fun. could happen. As long as... I like the comic as long book as the, idea, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, as long as the voice actors don't mind their likeness being used, you know. So, like, because that's kind of part of it. But anyway. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> all right. So... Yeah, so 199C, everybody enjoyed it. The voice actors uh, enjoyed it as well. I was glad that got to get out there. Anyway, that's enough for this week. Paige, it was so great having you on. Yeah, it was great to be on the show. Yeah. I, miss, I miss being on the show. <laughs> well, we're going to make it happen a little more often, I Yeah, hope. I would love to. I'm, I'm available whenever you need. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, whatever page wants, she gets. I mean, the, 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 the microphone's her. Thanks, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and Stephanie, of course... Thank goes you. Goes without saying. I'm it's here a, every week, but yeah, yeah you're, you're usually like laughing in the background when I start yeah, getting all I loud. I always and... like hearing your laughs in the background. <laughs> it's, it's cute. And, uh, <laughs> it's like an Easter egg. Yeah, <laughs> I think it makes people yeah. feel the, like that the rants are safe. It's like okay, no, Stephanie's there. She's laughing. She knows <laughs> yeah. this is a good time. Yeah, because <laughs> I get pretty pretty hot and bothered uh, during the show. So anyway, thank you both for being on. I thought this was very, uh, just an excellent show. Very informative, certainly in the first half, and then the second half, I think we got to have some fun. Yeah. So uh, anyway, see you on the other side, everybody. Oh, wait, wait. where can Paige, where can people find you if they want to follow you? Uh, I guess Twitter's Twitter, the best. at Ioptio. I-O-P-T-I-O. Bingo. And of course, Stephanie is at smvoice.info. Yeah, it's sexandsciencehour.com too. Yeah, woo, absolutely. So anyway, that is that. I will see you on the other side next week. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution.